is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. gentlemen to Sunday Night Showdown where yes we are running late we are bringing you the sacrifice pay-per-view from TNA this month but guess what guys I had to make a sacrifice of my own little did you know that prior to coming on the air tonight my uh, my cable provider Telus TV was having all kinds of problems I had to call Telus get the situation worked out and little did they know that I sacrificed my second born child that has not yet arrived which which honestly isn't going to happen if you really want to know the truth I was going to say so, does Harmony know this yet? So, so I'm being <laughs> evil here and I'm saying that even though I promised Tellus my second child they're not going to get it because there's going to be no second child it, there will not be my good man any immaculate conception no so apparently just like I'm saying yes. I had to fool them into thinking that, yes, they would get my second child on the road. So sacrifices all around the board tonight here at Sunday Night Showdown. We're sacrificing a lot. We absolutely are. But with that being said, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown, where again, tonight, 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 we bring you live pay-per-view coverage of TNA's sacrifice in quite a few matches that nobody really knows how they're going to work out. The main event tonight, a four-way dance where every competitor is sacrificing something. Jared is sacrificing his shares. Foley sacrifices the title. Sting sacrifices his career. Right. I mean, and Angle sacrifices his spot as being the godfather. And hopefully we're not sacrificing $30. Well, we probably are. It is TNA. So that being said, I'm going to be a little nice about it. Of course, joining me here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, there, the, thank usual, you very much. the usual suspects, of course. We've got Internet Dave, the producer, who's amped things up on production. You heard the nice spiffy new intro. 
Also want to thank the Trey Dog. Absolutely, Trey. Thank you very much for that. Very nice. We've got Boom Boom Sexay in the house, who is not with us at the moment, but will be joining us shortly. We've got none other than Mark the Shark DiCarlo, of course. What are you pointing at me for? Say hi. Say hi. Go ahead. You know you want to. I'm boycotting the beginning of the show. I have nothing to say of any value whatsoever. And if you believe that, I got some great swampland in downtown Miami Beach I'd like to sell each and every one of you. But you know what? Double J, Internet Dave, Boom Boom, Mark the Shark DiCarlo is on fire tonight. I'm so happy that we got these jabronis at TELUS TV, and I just can't wait to give them what for, maybe a poke in the eyes, a little bit of a Bruce Hart nutshot uppercut, because I'm disgusted and offended at once again having our official SundayNightShowdown.com provider screwing us over. But you know what? I vote, and I only have one vote, but I'm one of four, that we switch the official Sunday Night Showdown provider to something else other than these jabronis at TELUS TV. Well, you know, we could work that out. I possibly, feel better now. Possibly in the future. I'm glad you got your rant. Feel much better now. That rant brought to you by Telus TV, of course. Bastards. And then, of course, there's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ! Sexy! Wait a minute. Uh, uh, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Sexy. Okay, go ahead. No, you're all. Shut your mouth. Go ahead. Talk. That's it. I'm going to point Shut to the my monkey. Mouth, talk. What am I, a fucking monkey? Go fuck yourself. Anyway, like I said, Mark the Shark to Carlo, happy to be back here in the international headquarters of Sunday Night Showdown for our version of TNA Sacrifice pay-per-view. We will not be giving play-by-play of the action, simply our own perspectives of the action that's going on in the uh, Impact Zone in Orlando at Universal Studios. And um, the opening match already completed, uh, a six-man tag team match between uh, uh, Consequences Creed, Jay Lethal, and Showtime Eric Young against the Motor City Machine Guns and Sheikh Abdul-Bashir. Fantastic, just another offshoot of the fantastic three-way tag team match on this past Thursday's TNA Impact show that uh, some of you caught and some of you didn't. Jay Lethal pins Sheikh Abdul-Bashir to, to get gain the victory, but but uh, Showtime still isn't very satisfied. I think he wanted to make the one, two, three. You know, Showtime Eric Young obviously having a lot of problems here with TNA as of late. Uh, and Jeff Jarrett. Well, yeah, exactly. I was just going to comment uh, on uh, what I caught of Impact this week. Jeff Jarrett telling him to stop being a crybaby, get out there and, and, and make a name for himself. So. And he immediately sent him out to a match with Sting. Absolutely. And, of course, he lost. He did. It's a good thing that, you know, EY didn't place anything on that match. But, you know what, with that being said, let's let's kind of run down the card, kind of give some predictions. Obviously, we, we missed the first match to uh, do a prediction on, but uh, let's run down the card, Internet Dave, and, and give everybody what's going on. All right. Uh, in no particular order, uh, Samoa Joe faces Kevin Nash. Beer Money against the British Invasion in the uh, 3D Tag Team Invitational Finals for the... Uh, Tag title shot in the hundred grand. Oh, Brutus Magnus, and I'm gonna kick your ass, Brutus. How are you? Shut the fuck up. Get on. Uh, Angelina Love and Awesome Kong for the uh, women's championship, the Knockouts Championship. Uh, Daphne and Taylor Wilde in a 
first ever women's monsters ball hardcore match. There's the bathroom match of the card. Go yeah, ahead. probably because you know Abyss will get involved. A an I Quit match for the uh, TNA Legends Championship: AJ Styles and Booker T. The X Division Championship is Suicide and Christopher Daniels. And the, and the main event will be uh, Foley versus Sting versus Kurt versus Jarrett. And don't forget what everybody's sacrificing. If Foley gets pinned, he loses the belt. If Sting gets pinned, he retires. If Jarrett gets pinned, he gives up his uh, sh his uh, voting share in the company. And if Kurt gets pinned, he loses his uh, leadership of the main event mafia. I want to make mention of the fact that uh, TNA Wrestling is uh, on the road over the next couple of weeks and some uh, very notable house shows in the uh, western United States. And then for the um, first time ever on June 6th and 7th, They'll be in uh, in on June sixth. They'll be in Abbotsford, British Columbia, Correct. the brand new arena, home of the Abbotsford Heat of the American Hockey League, the Calgary <laughs> Flames' uh, uh, immediate uh, uh, brand new farm team. And then the very next night at the uh, Penticton Sportsplex in beautiful downtown Penticton, British Columbia. It'll be very interesting, guys, to see how TNA draws in these not too typically historical wrestling community I agree. in uh, in central British Columbia. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I have I mean Shark, you remember when WCW and just before they died, they went to uh, Vancouver for a for a pay-per-view. Yes. Then I believe Kelowna, Kelowna. and Kamloops yes. for Nitro and Thunder and, and drew probably not was on both shows. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I believe they drew probably only about 2500 3000 bad. and everybody was on the lower floor so they completely blacked out the upper floor. Uh, I really don't know. Maybe uh, Spike TV Canada is getting some some ratings that says that uh, that the interior of British Columbia is the highest rated for uh, TNA on Thursday nights. I, 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 don't, that know, I, I don't know, but the, I know that I know that the night before they go to Abbotsford, they're in uh, they're in Montana, and uh, so maybe logistically um, they they thought that. And they are they are sponsored TNA shows, so it's not actually TNA that went out and and solicited those arenas in Abbotsford and Penticton to book them. It was actually some uh, uh, locals that that actually booked TNA to do the shows uh, for them, which is very interesting. You know, it's interesting you bring up the whole uh, juggernaut on the WCW TV. I, I remember him quite frankly. He took up the first seven rows. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, well, that that was when he was a fan. But then when he was in the ring with Chronic in a handicap match in Kelowna, oh yeah, um, that kind of that. springboarded his career into uh, definite obscurity. Absolutely, it did. I mean, <laughs> the only thing I can remember about that was this big, huge mat that took a forklift to pick up. I mean, you didn't actually see that on the edited version. No. They did not actually pick him up. It was actually a forklift and train, and they had to do the special effects to make it look like he got choked with. Now, I have it on good authority. Since we're talking about uh, um, wrestling, live wrestling in Western Canada, of course, uh, coming up over the next couple of months, uh, the Prairie Wrestling Alliance has got, PWA, if you will, has got huge shows coming up, not the least of which is their seventh anniversary show on... July the 4th, Thursday, July the 4th, I believe, uh, at, up in Edmonton. and Saturday. Uh, pardon me, Saturday, yeah. um, up in Edmonton, and of course, none other than the current, we don't know what's going to happen after the sacrifice pay-per-view tonight, but booked, and he is currently the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, 
none other than uh, than Mick Foley, along with Al Snow, um, former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion Brian Danielson, uh, former TNA uh, X Division Champion and friend of ours, uh, the artist formerly known as Hotshot Johnny Divine, now just Johnny Divine. It should be a heck of a show, and I believe everybody from uh, Sunday Night Showdown, including Boom Boom, will be making the trek up I2, IQ2, um, for that show, and I'm really looking forward to it, um, although Mick Foley will not be wrestling on the show. And, uh, of course, I, I would be remiss in also mentioning that uh, the beautiful people and yes. their beautiful breasts will be on the PWA <laughs> 7th anniversary show, and I, I forgive myself for going with the uh, augmented breast comment with your daughter in the studio. But now she's gone, and now Mark the Shark to Carlo can go back to um, fantasizing about the night in Edmonton with the beautiful people. So let me get this straight. What yes. you want at this night of champions, you want to spend time with those flotation floozies? Flotation floozies. I'm liking it. I think I'm, I'm. The shark needs to get into the into the shark tank and go for a swim and and, and make sure not to drown. And if I have the flotation floozies of the beautiful people with me, I won't drown. Because you know, Mark the Shark to Carlo doesn't swim very well. I can believe that. How ironic. Yes. Irony is just <laughs> abound here tonight. That's right. But, All know, right. If Jeff Jarrett actually loses tonight, not only should he lose his shares in TNA, but he should lose the ability to drive since he can't seem to buckle his kids in when he's taking them for a drive. Wow. Ooh. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. I said that shit. Wow. All right. Well, don't forget, everybody, uh, it's uh, it's uh, Daphne and Taylor Wilde here in this lady. Wait a minute. Wait, uh, uh, ball, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a WCW Thunder flashback looking at Daphne. Who knew she was just uh, Governor Palin here a few months ago? Sarah Palin. No. Governor Palin. Anyway, um, just like we told Vince McMahon last week, because we knew he was listening, we know Dixie Carter's listening tonight, and for all of your uh, information, this is what we've been doing for about five years. We order the pay-per-view on on our satellite bill. We talk about it, but we do not stream it on Ustream. If you're looking for this to be shown as live video, it won't be. But we're going to be talking about it, and we know that our loyal listeners like to order the shows, mute the TV, and listen to us, which we really appreciate. But, uh, Dixie, if you're listening, we're not broadcasting the, the pay-per-view live on video, but we have ordered the show, and you will be getting our $30. And Ms. Carter, Dixie, if you will, I just wanted to let you all know that the reason that there are so many people out there that purchase the TNA pay-per-view through their cable or satellite provider and mute the sound and listen to us is, A, we are entertaining... And B, they don't have to listen to Don West when the broadcast is on mute. Well, the only problem I have with all this is I'm just trying to figure out at what point were we entertaining since we since we started the show tonight. You don't find this to be entertaining? Listen. I was going to say, we maybe not have been very entertaining five years ago when we started, but maybe we, we should, can blame that on someone else. Maybe we should mute your microphone. Bring it. I'm the star of this show, bitch. Touch all my right. microphone. You get the fuck out. You ain't touching my microphone. That's but yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate that you want to listen to us as we talk about uh, what we're seeing and what we just saw is Taylor Wilde win this 
very disorganized Monsters Ball women's match. And the best part of this match is it's over as Taylor Wilde is admonishing Dr. Stevie. Daphne with a cheap shot to the back of Taylor Wilde as the damage is about to be done. Uh -oh. Dr. Stevie rolling the sleeves up. Could it mean? Could it mean? Double J? It could mean. What could it mean? I don't know. Where are you going with that? I'm asking you. What is he? Why is he rolling up his sleeves? Is he about to perform a uh, an examination, if you will? He might be administering a... Uh-oh. Uh uh, as Daphne picks up a crutch... She did, did what to her crutch? Oh, a crutch. Picked up a crutch. A crutch. C-R-U-T-C-A. With the new audio uh, devices here on Sunday Night Show that I had a bit of a, uh, a lapse. What are we thinking of Stevie Richards being in TNA? Right. Not just his role, but the fact that he's actually in the company. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's about to get seriously hardcore as Stevie Richards has poured the bag of tacks. I'm sorry, this is very tacky. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Cheesy joke two of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you're keeping tabs? As, as Abyss is standing on the ringside, wondering what to think about all this. When does Dr. Stevie ushering him off? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't it Dr. Stevie that's trying to absolve Abyss of his uh, hardcore tendencies? And now he's he's egging him on to drop Taylor Wilde he, onto the bed of, of tax. Basically, he said that uh, Abyss has to be the hardcore man that he always was, and that uh, him... Sending Taylor Wilde into the thumbtacks is the best ultimate first step. As he is motioning for Abyss to pick up Taylor Wilde and choke slam her on the thumbtacks, Doctor Stevie with a with a malicious slap to the face of Abyss as he continues the abuse, and Abyss is just standing there, ladies and gentlemen, just taking it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I see in the background going to come into the ring to make the save. None other is Crowbar than the Blue Meanie. Uh oh. <laughs> No? And, and Crowbar, Devin yeah, Storm. I'm thinking the BWO died a long time ago. Thank God. As Abyss has now grabbed Taylor Wilde by the hair. Fellow Canadian. Look, who gives a shit if she's Canadian? <laughs> uh oh. Canadian Here comes the horrible, horrible Lauren as did, the. Uh, did you just call Lauren a whore? Or you called her horrible? Uh, backstage. We're right the first time. If the shoe fits. Right. Yeah, no, no, it's if the condom fits. But anyways, go right ahead. Oh, oh Stevie knocks Lauren down. And that's going to be the last straw for Abyss. I'm not down with all this abuse to women in, in a wrestling ring. I really am not. Well, a quick, a, a, a little shove? This, You know what, this is this really... Did you hear what he just said? You know what, guys? Condo I, this is stupid, I agree. You were condoning the shoving con down of... You no, just said I mean, that. Oh, here goes Stevie in oh. the thumbtacks. And now the complete babyface turn as the crowd pops hugely as Abyss pulls more of his hair out. How does he have any hair left the way he pulls his hair out? I don't know, but you know what? This match. whole segment was pretty much useless. But it's over. And it went on, you know what? That's the best part, that it is over. Went on way too long. You know what? I mean, the whole Abyss character has really been messed up. Like, it was the same thing with Kane for the first year after he could talk. Uh, once Abyss could talk after uh, James Mitchell wasn't his, his speaking voice anymore, it, uh, it really uh, has, has diminished everything. Yeah, I mean, you need some evolution where they're going to say, oh, I don't, he doesn't want to be hardcore anymore, and I can understand that, but this just hasn't worked yet. No, you know what? It absolutely is not. Uh, I, I just don't like what they've done with Abyss. I don't like the Lauren character being involved. I don't like the Dr. Stevie. I think it's a waste of time. They're really not 
involving any character development, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's just the way I see it. I think that, again, it's another case of TNA's writers not really knowing what to do with the talent that they have, and they're just squandering it away. And another classic situation, Double J, that we've been talking about on this very program for, ad nauseum for months on end, and that's the continual overbooking by the TNA writers. Everything that they do is so meticulously overbooked in every match, every promo, ev- everything. It's, it's, they almost have to do it in slow motion to get all of the spots in. Continually, right? And uh, as uh, ta- Dazzling Kilman live from uh, Auckland, New Zealand, uh, checks in in the chat, Umaga's talking now too, and he yeah. uh, issued an open challenge to uh, to CM Punk this past Friday night. Yeah, you know what? I- I'm not really digging the whole Umaga talking. It's just like when Kane started talking; he wouldn't shut the hell up. Yeah, I mean, and and how do you you shove down our throats creatively? if you will, uh, a character not talking for a number of years, and then all of a sudden, and, and, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm fine with having a character that hasn't spoken, all of a sudden speaking, but you, they need to, to play into the whole storyline as to why the character has the ability now to speak. They're missing that. They missed it with Kane. They missed it with, 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 with Umaga. And, you know, I don't have a problem with a character who hasn't, hasn't had the ability to speak who now speaks, but explain to your viewing audience why. Well, didn't uh, Kane have the voice box? Yes. And then eventually and then eventually recovered yes. from the fire, and uh, they said that his throat just eventually recovered from the fire, and now he can talk. I swallowed a microchip. Wow. <laughs> Back at. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Rich Little of Sunday Night Showdown doing his thing here. Uh, you know what? I want to shift gears a little bit, guys. Um, as most of you know, yesterday was a rather dubious day in, uh, in wrestling history. As, as, uh, as 10 years ago, we did lose Owen Hart. And uh, with that being said, I want to take a little bit of time on this broadcast tonight and uh, pay tribute to Owen Hart. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to kick it over to Boom Boom, who has a, a tribute ready for, uh, for Owen Hart. Owen James Hart was born to the legendary Stu and Helen Hart, the youngest of 12, on May 7, 1965, in Calgary, Alberta. Growing up in the Hart House and around Stampede Wrestling, Owen trained in the famed dungeon with his father, but wanted to pursue amateur wrestling, unlike his seven brothers, who were all professional wrestlers. In his teenage years, amassed Owen often filled in for no-show wrestlers on spot shows around Western Canada, still not wanting a career in professional wrestling. However, to earn extra cash in May of 1986, Owen officially debuted in Stampede Wrestling, becoming one of their top draws. Within three months, Owen would have his first taste of gold, winning the International Tag Championship with Ben Basarab. During his stampede career, Owen would also hold the British Commonwealth mid-heavyweight belt and was the North American heavyweight champ twice. It was during his time in stampede that he would meet his future wife, Martha Patterson, whom he would marry in 1989. Wrestling in Japan, Owen became the IWGP junior heavyweight champ and was the first Western-based wrestler to do so. After a stint in Japan, WWF showed interest in Owen. Owen didn't want to build his reputation on the back of his brother Brett or his family name. Therefore, in 1988, he debuted as the Blue Blazer. 
He left, though, the following year due to frustrations with his lack of a push. For the next few years, Owen traveled throughout Mexico, Japan, Europe, and his homeland, wrestling both with the Blue Blazer mask and without. In March and early April of 1991, Owen wrestled some television tapings for WCW without much fanfare. However, no contract was struck as he did not want to move his family to Atlanta, Georgia. With a soon-to-be-growing family to take care of, Owen returned to the WWF in 1991. Owen's family did grow in 1992 with the birth of his namesake, Oge. Daughter Athena arrived in 1995. Upon his return to WWF, Owen teamed with his brother-in-law, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, as the new foundation. Once that team fizzled, Coco Beware joined him, forming High Energy. In late 1993, sibling rivalry reared its head between Owen and older brother Brett. At the 1994 Royal Rumble, after teaming with his brother, Owen attacked Brett. This would set up a popular feud lasting almost two years, featuring several memorable matches, including WrestleMania 10 and a cage match at Survivor Series. Owen then went, to team, went on to team with Yokozuna, and together they became tag champs at WrestleMania 11. When that team went bust, Owen teamed with another brother-in-law, the British Bulldog. They too would become tag champs in 1996. After a match in 1997 against the British Bulldog turned heated, former arch-rival Brett came out to smooth things over between the family members. The three, along with Jim Neidhart and Brian Pillman, reformed the Hart Foundation. This latest incarnation would end after the infamous Montreal Screwjob at Survivor Series later that year. After the way his brother was treated by the WWF, Owen tried to get his release from the company. He was not successful. April of 1998 saw Owen join another faction, co-leading the Nation of Domination with The Rock. Later that year, Owen started teaming with Jeff Jarrett and brought back the Blue Blazer character. To this point, Owen had already made a huge impact in the world of professional wrestling, winning the European title, the Intercontinental title, was a tag team champion four times, a double Slammy Award winner, and was the 1994 King of the Ring winner. He was part of several notable feuds and factions. On May 23, 1999, the unthinkable happened. Owen and his Blue Blazer gimmick was scheduled to face the Godfather at the Over the Edge pay-per-view. He was to descend from the rafters and stumble upon his landing. According to reports, Owen was not comfortable with this stunt he felt was dangerous and unnecessary. However, after turning down several storylines he felt compromised his morals, he felt he had to go through with the stunt. He could not afford to lose his spot as he planned on retiring in three years and was looking forward to moving his family into their dream home in just five days. As much as he tried to get out of it, Owen did do a run-through in the afternoon, and it appeared the stunt would go smoothly. During the pay-per-view, a disguised Owen Hart climbed through the crowd and up into the rafters of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, where he waited to make his entrance. <coughs> Owen's entrance video started, and Owen began his descent. It was then that tragedy struck. The equipment used malfunctioned, and Owen fell over 50 feet into the ring in front of thousands of stunned fans in the Kemper Arena. There was a moment of brief hope as Owen struggled to lift his head from the mat before being rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead upon arrival. WWF owner Vince McMahon decided the show must go on and continued with the pay-per-view. Fans at home were filled in on the sad news, however the fans at the arena were not, and many fans, so desensitized with all of the over-the-top storylines, thought it was fake, just another part of the show. 
The following night, WWF aired a controversial Raw. For two hours, wrestlers gave emotional pre-tape messages and, the rest and wrestled matches in Owen's honor. Owen's shocking death at the age of 34 left Martha Hart a widow and children, 7-year-old Oge and 4-year-old Athena, without their loving father. He also left countless friends and family members, along with thousands of fans around the world, to grieve his loss. This tragedy made international headlines. His funeral was attended by many in the wrestling business, including Vince McMahon, and hundreds of fans spilling out into the sidewalks and road. In the aftermath, Martha and the Hearts sued Vince, Titan Sports, and others they felt to have contributed to the wrongful death of Owen Hart. The lawsuit cited that the dangerous stunt was poorly planned and that the harness used was defective. It was settled for an undisclosed amount, though numerous reports put it around $18 million. In 2002, Martha released the book Broken Hearts, her side of the story, memories of Owen, and how she and her two small children have coped in the midst of this family tragedy. Taking $2 million from the settlement, Martha Hart started the Owen Hart Foundation. She believes Owen would be proud that even in death, he continues to make a difference with the good works done in his name. She says that in life, his light shone bright, but in his death, his light shines even brighter. Martha offers this fitting quote when thinking of Owen. I am a lighthouse, lonely but strong. I reach out to help people weather the storm. Some are lost souls, some in dismay. My light helps to guide them, keep them out of harm's way. Please join us in the traditional Kembell salute honoring Owen James Hart.
Steel Center here in St. Louis. As you can see, scores of superstars lining up to pay tribute to the life and the times of the late Owen Hart, who died last night in a tragic accident at Over the Edge in You're going to be able to hear the candid and very, very real sentiments of many of Owen's fellow superstars who will share with us their feelings about Owen Hart and what he meant to them. In this business, I guess you got a lot of acquaintances, but very few friends. fitting tribute to uh, to Owen James Hart. It, like I said, it's been 10 years and a lot of us still remember and a lot of us haven't forgotten. And uh, Before we really delve into this topic a little bit further, I, I wanted to ask Harmony uh, more on the Owen Hart Foundation because I, I don't know a lot about it and I want to get that information out to the masses who might be interested in how to contribute to the Owen Hart Foundation. Well, basically the Owen Hart Foundation is a foundation that uh, Martha took, or sorry, started to um, basically take a tragedy and, and make it a positive. Um, their kind of motto is providing opportunities for hardworking people who have limited resources and unlimited potential. Something that they do every year is they give away 10 $4,000 scholarships uh, to Forest Lawn High School students, and I, for people that aren't familiar with Calgary, Forest Lawn is is definitely a lower income area, and so to give ten people four thousand dollars scholarships is just a, a huge um, help up for those those people. They also help low income families who wouldn't otherwise be able to purchase homes that wouldn't be able to come up with a down payment helps them buy their homes what they do is they attend some courses and they put fifty to a hundred dollars away every month and then the foundation will match each dollar four to one um, for every dollar that they put in towards their down payment for the house they'll go to the bank with them and and help them be able to purchase a house so that's pretty cool um, they also have a uh, room at the Rocky View Hospital 
for people dealing with tragedies, um, like a counseling type room. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but if you've been in, in the Rocky View Hospital down in the newer wing, walking down the hall, you will see a big plaque there from the Owen Hart Foundation. Um, they are doing a fundraiser on September 16th here in Calgary. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld will be here for an evening with Jerry Seinfeld and the proceeds will go towards the Owen Hart Foundation. They're partners with a lot of, a lot of different groups and a lot of different foundations. Um, so if you want more information of what they do, what they've done, as well as how you can donate and how you can help to honor Owen, their website is C-O-B B-L-O-H-O dot com. So that's C like Charlie, O like Owen, B like boy, L like Larry, O like Owen, H like heart dot com. So check it out and donate. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty awesome that, uh, that Martha did start the Owen Hart Foundation. A lot of things I don't agree with Martha on, but I think that's, that's one of the best things that she could have done in Owen's memory. Um... I really want to kind of want to get into some of the things. Uh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry, Harmony. C O B H O L O. C O B L O H dot com. L O H. Okay. <clears throat> Just putting it in the chat room. So. Okay. Okay. There you go. Thanks. But I kind of want to delve in. I know, I know Spencer you, or Chark. I know you have some things you want to say. Um, That's right, Jeff. I. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely want to talk about for each one of us uh, what Owen meant and exactly where we were and, and how we found out the news and I'm going to let you go ahead and start this off well <clears throat> the whole the whole topic is very is very hard for me I was very much involved with the Hart family at that time specifically with Bruce and Ross Hart in the production of Stampede Wrestling at the time not only that I was the only uh, commercial WWF pay-per-view provider in Calgary at the time, and the amount of um, monthly pay-per-view crowds that we were drawing at the Westgate Hotel in what we used to refer to as the happiest place on God's green earth, Misty's <laughs> Exotic Show Lounge. Um, you know, I, I reference that, guys, because the, the amount of crowds that we were getting were anywhere from a bad crowd was 300 paid viewers for, for a pay-per-view, as we see, um, just cutting away back to the Sacrifice TNA pay-per-view, uh, Daniels winning the X Division title by defeating Suicide. Well, he actually had help from the Motor City Machine Guns, who actually uh, interfered in the match and basically put Suicide out. So it's interesting that Christopher Daniels, once again, for the second time, say in the last, oh wait, he never really lost the title, come to think of it. He pretty much regained it. Right. So there you go, uh, Christopher Daniels, your new X Division champion. There you see the replay. Uh, Alex Shelley goes in there and pretty much hits a code breaker on suicide as he's down. Daniels rolls into the ring with a roll up, and I do believe he had tights if you look closely. As, well, okay, he's, he's grabbed the tights pretty much. But uh, Daniels, one, two, three, your new X Division champion. Back to what you were saying there, Shark. Well, which is really confusing because. The fans were, uh, he was very much over with the fans, and of course, uh, his new allegiance with the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, I'll take that all away, and he's kind of uh, expounding verbally to the uh, 
to the humanoids in the impact zone right now on as to why he did what he did to attain the title. But getting back to my thought process of of uh, that eventful or uneventful day, um, May the 23rd, 10 years ago yesterday, um, at the time, the crowds that we drew for WWF pay-per-views were, were huge. Um, a bad a bad house for us was 300. Uh, WrestleManias drew seven or 800 people we had to do it in, and not only another bar, but, but Misty's as well. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, again, I hate to do this when we're doing no, that's this fine. tribute to Owen, but apparently uh, Christopher Daniels, now seeing the footage of what happened with the Motor City Machine Guns, has told the referee he wants five more minutes as this match is scheduled again as the referee has agreed to this. So the X Division title is being put up one more time. Yeah, he just didn't want the outside interference to affect the results. So Ah, and once again, he's solidifying his babyface persona by doing the right thing. Well, you know, it appeared to me that he saw everything that went on and went ahead and made the cover, so yeah. don't really buy into the cheap heat. I think Christopher Daniels is headed for a heel turn in the near future. Or within minutes. We'll have to, uh, we'll we'll have to watch. Future. Yes, the very near future. But anyways, the amount of crowds that we had back in the day for WWF pay-per-views was was fantastic. Um, the the popularity of obviously in Calgary, Alberta, every heart that wrestled um, then and now is still very popular. But Owen Hart was very very popular because he was not the atypical heart professional wrestler that that Boom Boom referred to in her very eloquent um, eulogy of of the late great Owen Hart. All the the fans here in Calgary knew that he wanted out, that he he was very very much a family man, and and the scenario that day at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, was, was widely known that he didn't want to do the spot. He didn't want to readapt himself as the Blue Blazer, but he didn't want to ruffle feathers, no pun intended, because he knew that very soon he was going to have the ability financially to retire. Um, and that day will always live in my brain because when it happened and when Owen fell and hit the top turnbuckle, um, and it was highly apparent, especially after JR announced on the broadcast that in fact Owen had passed away. The I vividly remember the the telephone in in Misty's ringing off the hook from every media outlet in Calgary, um, in in Toronto, in Ottawa, for an explanation of what my perspective was and why. Why it happened? Obviously, they they had a tough time getting through to to somebody uh, at, at Titan headquarters, and and they wanted to know what happened. So there I am having to explain to fifteen twenty media outlets what happened, and that it was a horrible stunt gone wrong. And then the I, I vividly remember, guys, as well, the fact that they all wanted to speak with somebody at the Hard House me knowing full well the phone number. Of course, I didn't give it out, um, but I, I thought it was the right thing to do at that time because I knew full well that in those days Stu, was, Stu Hart was not watching WWF programming in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
And I thought it might be a good idea to phone up to Hardhouse, and lo and behold, Stu answered the phone. And I don't do a good Stu Hart impersonation, but he was basically, ah, Spencer, what's happening, buddy? And uh, he was in the kitchen cooking up dinner, and uh, I said, Stu, are you watching the pay-per-view? And he goes, no, I don't watch that shit, you know that. And um, I said, well, you better go turn it on. And lo and behold, Ted Hart was watching it, and, and Stu hung up the phone and, and called me later on in the evening to thank him for, for calling. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, it was very hard because it, it all happened so quick. And I was flabbergasted after JR had announced that Owen passed away, that they were continuing along with the, with the broadcast. And, in fact, when watching the broadcast, you had no idea at that time, that the fans in the Kemper Arena didn't know, as Harmony referenced in her excellent eulogy, that in fact Owen had passed away, and a lot of them thought it was simply storyline. Um, I couldn't believe that that was happening. And, and, you know, we had a lot of immediate Hart family in the bar at the time. Um, we had a lot of Hart friends um, you reference Ben Basarab, who was at one time a very good friend of Mark the Shark to Carlos, and and he was stunned. He he was I, I'll never forget it. He was he was crying. I had to basically take him to my office and, and sit him down, and uh, it was it was very sad, and and I'll never forget that day as long as I live. And uh, you know, Jr. Uh, Jim Ross had a, a very, if if you all read one thing about Owen Hart this week, go to JR's blog. He tells some, some really excellent stories of the, the character and the type of man that, uh, that Owen Hart was and how, how loved he was. Um, there, there's just a couple other things I'd like to reference before we, we, we move along, and that's that I this week watched the something else that, that Harmony Boom Boom, if you will, uh, referenced, and that was the the I watched the entire two-hour Raw the day after Owen had his accident and passed away, and it was freaky. It was eerie watching a lot of the testimonials, like Mark Henry. But two of the main eventers that are on Sacrifice tonight were, were in my humble estimation, two of the best. Um, at giving the testimonials that they did, and of course I make reference to Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley, and if you guys that are listening to this show get a chance, go on YouTube and and pick out Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley's um, testimonials to to Owen Hart on the Raw after um, after the Kansas City uh, incident. Uh, one other thing I'd like to make reference to, and that's and, and Jr. brought it up on his blog. Um, there's been big speculation over the last couple of years, certainly since Bret Hart was inducted into WWE Hall of Fame, that what about Owen? And is WWE going to induct Owen Hart into the WWE Hall of Fame? Is WWE going to produce a Owen Hart DVD set? And as I watch Boom Boom meticulously shake her head no at the other side of the Sunday Night Showdown studio. Um, 
we can only hope that at some point down the road that Martha Hart and Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. can consummate some sort of um, deal because even though and, and Jeff you mentioned it before that you don't ag- agree with some of what Martha has done and um, she has made it perfectly clear now living with her son and daughter in, in London, England that at no time will she give her blessing to WWE's production of a DVD or his induction into the Hall of Fame and you know, God love Martha Hart for what she's been able to attain through the Owen Hart Foundation um, I was with Martha Hart on the evening of the um, of the when when her book was released here in in Calgary and Brett was there and she's done a lot of good my god it's I wouldn't wish what has happened to her and her kids on my worst enemy but the simple fact of the matter is is that the reason that WWE wants to produce an Owen Hart DVD set and induct Owen Hart into the Hall of Fame is for the fans of Owen Hart and for that reason and that reason only I agree that at some point maybe she can find it within herself to let WWE do those very important things for not only the memory of Owen Hart and his children but for the fans of Owen Hart and uh, thank you uh, all for giving me the opportunity to share my perspectives of uh, a friend of all of ours Owen Hart I I believe that it was actually part of the settlement that WWE cannot make any money off of Owen Hart so off of his name off of his likeness wouldn't Harmony I I just want to wouldn't it be a neat angle to if WWE proposed to Martha that any net net proceeds over and above production costs that they would donate the net proceeds to the Owen Hart Foundation wouldn't that be a neat angle I, you know what I think they should, they should swallow the production costs too every every single nickel should go to the foundation it it would be very nice and it would be something similar to when they were selling the Eddie Guerrero shirts after right. he passed away and, and the money all went to the family um, but I, I really don't believe that you're going to see it. it I do believe it is part of the settlement and honestly Martha is is going to hang on to that I, I think for the rest of her life she she is very bitter when it comes to that to that and I do not blame her because if it was my husband and that happened to my husband in that situation I would be bitter for the rest of my life as well and I wouldn't blame her if she if she actually I mean you said that you know it would be for the fans but I wouldn't blame her if she if a little part of her held the fans held held it against the fans as well because he was doing this to entertain the fans so honestly it wouldn't shock me um, but it would I personally I would love to see them put a DVD together because they've done so well they've advanced so far they are bar none number one when it comes to putting together those DVDs I know that they would put together an amazing tribute to Owen something that we would enjoy something that would live on and it would be fantastic because they have 
all of the old Stampede Wrestling yep. uh, videotape as well. And it, I just reminded myself, I wanted to make mention of the fact that a good friend of ours here on Sunday Night Showdown, the late, great Bad News Alan Coage, said to me on, on numerous occasions, and he might have said it on our old show, that the time that he spent working for Stu Hart in Stampede Wrestling, the best time that he had, and, and all of the opponents that he had while in Stampede Wrestling, his most favorite opponent was Owen Hart. Because, and I asked him why, and, and, and bad news, as you all know, was a, he didn't cut corners. He told you what he thought, whether you liked it or not. And he said that he loved to work with Owen Hart because he was easy to work with, was a great wrestler in the ring, but he listened to everything, and, and he, he was fantastic. And I'll never forget what Bad News said about Owen Hart. And I don't think that you're going to find one person on the face of the planet that has something negative to say about Owen either. Do you have a do you have like a story of how you found out Owen Hart died? Or? Um, well, at at the time I was actually staying at my grandmother's. Uh, I had just just moved to Calgary and I was staying at my grandmother's, and so I wasn't able to get the pay per view. And I was watching the Jesse Ventura story. Should have come to Misty's. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I didn't know about Misty's. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I might have been underage. Oh, no, I was 19, 99. Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, I was at home, and I was watching the Jesse Ventura story because, well, it was wrestling, so I had to watch that. So I was watching the Jesse Ventura story, and just I went outside for something I came back in and I just caught the tail end of a news report in the commercial and all I heard was Owen Hart and that's all that I heard and I said to my mom oh my god mom Owen Hart is dead and I had I had no idea I hadn't heard the news report I hadn't heard anything all I heard was Owen Hart and instinctively my mind said well they're talking about a wrestler on news got to be something bad and instinctively I just thought Owen Hart has passed away and uh, so I continued to watch watch the Jesse Ventura Jesse Ventura story and sure enough on the next commercial break they they said that uh, you know legendary Hart family member Owen Hart has passed away and that's kind of how I heard it and it was just kind of hit me like a gust of wind and at, at that point I mean, I didn't, I wasn't on the internet, I wasn't hearing about the people passing away over and over and over again. Um, I think the one before that that I had read about or heard about was Brian Pillman. And so it, it didn't have the same, you know, now it's a little bit different because it seems like it's one after another after another. At that time it wasn't and it was somebody that I really respected, thought highly of that that I heard and it kind of kind of like was like a little bit of a punch in the gut like oh my god how could this how could this possibly happen and that's not even knowing the details of the story that's just thinking okay maybe he's had a heart attack he's you know something and to to hear the actual reason of what happened that it was a stunt to get into the ring just blows my mind away that you know I've I've watched documentaries where they're talking about the the clip that was used in this and that you know all these horrible things and I'm sitting there going how can they how could they use something like that they the uh oh what's the guy's name he's on Vince Russo um, was talking in one of the documentaries that I watched, and because uh, I watched about watched about 
eight documentaries and went through a whole bunch of websites to do this research. And anyways, Vince Russo was talking and um, he was saying, you know, Owen never said anything to me about it. And and uh, he said how this whole stunt came up is the guy that did did the stunt, the um, repelling, the repelling to the ring for Sting. Um, called up WWF at the time and said, hey, we're going to be in Kansas City. Is there anything that, that we can do for you? And they came down, and, and that's when they Vince Russo looked over the um, the plan for the show and said, well, hey, here's a great idea. We can have Owen Hart come in um, down from the rafters there. So that's what they decided to do, and I guess they had wanted to use this this other kind of clip and... Sting's guy said, no, I won't do it. And they went out and hunted and searched for someone that would do it. And that, to me, is disgusting. And absolutely, Vince should be held at... Even even if Vince personally didn't have knowledge of that, his company did. And when you run the company and something happens through your company, you are ultimately responsible for that. And he's responsible. And you know what? I forgot about that. And, and it's, it's, it's very good you brought it up because I remember that whole scenario whereby Sting's um, guy didn't want to do it and refused to do it. And how disgusting I felt when I heard that news that the guy who did Sting's repelling in WCW refused to do it. Then you don't do it. And you don't do it. You know, it. simple as that. You just don't do it. And the other thing that uh, that kind of gets to me as well is that they had wanted him to come down with a mini blue blazer and, and have a, a little person with him. And he refused to do that because he did not want to be responsible for someone else's life. So it's almost like he had this kind of uncanny feeling that, hey, I'm not going to be, you know, if something happens to me, I'm not going to be responsible for someone else doing that with me. And just by him saying that, he saved, you know, I don't know who the little person was supposed to be, but he saved their life because he refused to do it, so. <clears throat> well, um, when it comes to me, unfortunately, I wasn't at Misty's. I was at a place uh, down in uh, southwest Calgary that was shown it for free. I might add one of the <laughs> few dates in 1999. You were not in Misty's watching, <laughs> watching girls take their clothes off to Motley Crue. And trying to break Mark Henry's uh, shot record. Yeah. Nobody ever broke Mark Henry's <laughs> shot record. I remember a night though that Edge, Adam Copeland came close. But he ended up he ended up you came close one night, not not in Misty's, but Edge Adam Copeland came close one night in Misty's, but unfortunately failed to make the grade, if you will, when he passed out on the pool table. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Uh, well, me and my friend Matt were out uh, watching the show, and uh, it was a full house at this uh, particular place that was showing it for free, although they weren't showing it for free very much longer. And uh, it, and we weren't really sure what was going on. I remember uh, a lot about it because I, I was on the, my cell phone right when it happened, and uh, I had to walk away from the chair because I was talking to the person, thank you, on the phone. And then when I came back, it was like, they were doing all these crowd shouts of the Kemper Arena, and it didn't make a lot of sense. And and I'm listening, and then they're talking about the whole uh, the whole issue of <clears throat> of what the next match was. So then BG James came down and did his promo, and he's like, "Well, and we hope you're doing as well as possible." And and uh, another guy came down and cut a promo with Kevin Kelly, and then they had another match, and then they announced it. What surprised me was, I mean, we kept watching the rest of the show because. Uh, they kept showing the rest of the show, and nobody else in our 
in our bar left, which to the which when I think about it now kind of surprises me. Everybody kept watching the show. There wasn't really any uh, any outward reaction by anybody in the crowd, just because even twenty four even up until Raw started, it like all over the internet and and even live, it was so unclear because obviously they were in the back at Kemp Arena, so unsure as to what was going on. Was he uh, <clears throat> was he okay? Was he awake? Was he just knocked out? So everybody where I was was confused because everybody in, and in nobody Kansas City a, was confused. And nobody had heard JR make the announcement where you were? Well, I mean, once we heard the announcement, then it, it really kind of sinked in. But uh, like I said, nobody left because they kept showing the show. I can't remember what the rest of the, of the card was that night. but Well, they didn't even, like a lot of the wrestlers in the back didn't even know what yeah. had happened. And, well, never- and they did not announce <laughs> the workers in the back no. at all. Yeah, no. so I mean, you had all these guys, like said BG, and these other guys saying, well, Owen, we hope you do well. And, and I, I was still confused. I, had no, I really had no clue what was going on. So uh, what I used to, what him and I used to do in my old, 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 old show that we podcasted was, uh, uh, as we were driving home, we would talk about the pay-per-view we had just seen for the 25 minutes or so it took to drive home. And we talked a lot about Owen and... and and we were still confused. We weren't really sure what was going on. And then obviously we did something later in the week once it was confirmed. But uh, I just being, I like I said, the first thing I think of when I think of from the time they announced it to later was was confusion. Because like I said, all the message boards, half of them were like R.I.P. Owen. And the other half were like, oh, he's not dead yet. Don't worry about it. He'll, he's just knocked out. Because, or it's like, just storyline. Yeah, because nobody knew the real story. So uh, and then obviously when uh, when it hit later when uh, that raw show from St Louis played then obviously we had the real real story and and then that's when it really hit me it was funny because uh, I was in school <coughs> a few months earlier and uh, I was I had to do this project where I talked to where I profiled one person this journalism project and I had to talk to two other people about it so I was going to do it on Brett and I knew. Brett's contact, and I had talked to him a few times at Hitman Games and stuff, and so I had talked to Brett in the past, and uh, I had originally scheduled, as weird and strange as this is, I was scheduled to talk to Owen and Davy Boy, and unfortunately, neither one of them were able to commit to it, which was unfortunate at the time, but I, I think back to that Canadian Stampede pay-per-view, 97, I think, July of 97? That's, that's correct. Yeah, um, before the Montreal Screwjob, and the fact that it was all five of the uh, the Hart Foundation together, and eventually I did get to talk to David Boy, and I like I said I talked to Brett about a, probably about half a dozen to a dozen times uh, later on, and we did a few months later I talked to him about it on it I, maybe one or two questions, and we moved on to other stuff because that because at that point it was all about <clears throat> all the <clears throat> all the the lack of stuff he was doing in WCW, but. I look back at that pay-per-view because I've met and interviewed, well, on our old show, we interviewed Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I talked to Davey Boy Smith, uh, who was very, very cordial. I know his son very well. His son, David Hart Smith, gave me my name that I've had for six or seven years now. Talked to Brett uh, wanted to t- and had the chance to talk to Owen, uh, but it fell apart at the last minute. And then uh, Pillman and just... How we, the four people in this room, have connected to the Hart family from that moment, not only being involved in Stampede, 
but getting to know the hearts and it just <clears throat> I mean we know grandkids and cousins and and uh most of the other siblings of Owen and and Brett and it 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 it's been a strain on the entire family for the last 10 years and it's it's been difficult for them and and it's still difficult for us you know uh i remember that night very vividly being that i was a, a huge wrestling fan at that point in time and I'll be real honest with you, there's there's a place in the United States at this very moment, an undisclosed location, that has a <coughs> warehouse worth of videotapes. I used to tape uh, every Raw, SmackDown, Nitro, Thunder, ECW, for about three years I, I did that. I taped every wrestling show, and I have it archived on videotape. And unfortunately I didn't bring it with me here to Calgary. It's Thank still, God. <coughs> it's still in the United States probably uh, taking up a lot of space, but uh, I remember that night very vividly because being the fan that I was, I used to get every pay-per-view every month. I'd have gatherings over, I'd have just a ton of people over, and uh, that particular night, I guess I had had not paid my bill or something and could not order this pay-per-view. Uh, although I did try, my, myself and my ex-wife... Were, this is a good story. I've heard this story before. We're both looking forward <laughs> to, to seeing the pay-per-view. and uh, We could not order it. And at the last minute, we were kind of restless and just decided to go out and see The Phantom Menace that had just come out in theaters ten years ago. And Being a huge Star Wars fan, I thought, sure, why don't we go see that? So uh, <laughs> upon returning home that night, of course, I, I got online. And the first thing that the... Uh, the headline said to me was that Owen Hart passed away at age 33 and I, I looked at my ex-wife in disbelief and, and I was like you're kidding me this is the first pay-per-view in three or four years that I didn't see and th there was just an ambiance in the air that night there was just like I, I was just I don't know I, I just felt uneasy that whole night I couldn't order the pay-per-view I felt uneasy we, we went out we saw a movie we came home and of course we found that Owen Hart had died and I remember being very upset. I, I was not a huge fan of Owen uh, early on in his tenure. Uh, Owen Hart didn't really catch on to me until, say, late 93, early 94, when he started his heel turn and his, his feud with Bret Hart. I was never a huge Bret Hart fan. and I Yeah, loved, I think we know that by now. I loved whenever anybody went against Bret Hart, whether it was Jerry <laughs> Lawler. Uh, I loved it when Owen stepped up to bat, wanted to step out of that shadow and and take over. And, the family and, feud. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The family feud was great. I remember the, the Survivor Series 1993 when Owen was in the, the Boston Garden. Heart. Remember it that? Was eliminated in that yeah, match. That was, was fantastic. When it was supposed to be shown. And Helen and Stu sitting at ringside. Yes. When it was, it was the Hart family taking on what was supposed to be Jerry the King Lawler yep. and his knights. At the last minute, there was a some type of contractual... Um, disagreements, I guess, with Vince McMahon where Lawler had to pull out of the match. Shawn Michaels was substituted. And I think one of the nights was Barry Horowitz, and I don't remember the other two were. But, uh, you know, they basically eliminated all the nights. Shawn Michaels eliminates Owen Hart, thanks to the fact that Brett was on the apron, and Owen ran into him. Shawn rolled him up. And, of course, it caused the dissension between the Hart family, which I thought was Bruce was there, Ross was there, Keith was there. It was uh, it was quite the night. I think, looking back on Owen's career, I I'm going to say 
that without a shadow of a doubt, the best feud he ever had was against his brother. And I love the fact that those guys were able to kayfabe that. They would go to airports separately, and they, they kept that going for two and a half years. It wasn't until, what, 1997, when Bret Hart came back to the WWF after a, a long hiatus, after losing the title to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, that he returned to the company, and uh, after a, a, champion, a European championship match between Davy Boy and Owen, uh, reunited the clan, and the Hart Foundation was born, and, and I still to this day think that was one of the greatest uh, rivalries. I think that the Hart Foundation versus the Americans was one of the greatest rivalries, and, and I'm glad to say that Owen uh, did a great job. I, I think that the last year or two that he was with World Wrestling Entertainment, he really did not get utilized. I mean, I know they, they had plans for Underutilized him. greatly, sure. Uh, I, I know it was rough on him. His whole family left, and they would not release him from his contract, but... I guess the upside being that I always thought that Owen had more potential than Brett because Owen was a was a very well-rounded wrestler. Not only could he mat wrestle you and you know use the submission skills, but he was a gifted high flyer. He was very athletic, and I always thought that given the opportunity, Owen was going to excel and he was going to go past what Bret Hart had accomplished. Unfortunately, we did not get a chance to see that, and uh, I to this day I, I miss Owen Hart because. I thought he was one of the greatest deals. I remember his feud with Shawn Michaels when he took credit for putting Shawn Michaels on the shelf. He won the Slammy in 96 for that. You know, the, the enziguri to the back of the head. And it just, it saddens me because I, I think of what the business is today and I think, how would the business have been had Owen Hart not passed away? Had this stunt not happened? Had this night not happened? And Owen Hart lived on, would he be, uh, would he have overcome what Brett had, had accomplished? Would he have been the would top he, guy? Would he have been world heavyweight champion? Well, I think he would have. I really no question. No you know, question. Even in those three years before he was going to retire and enjoy Well, that who house. knows what, what would have been the booking uh, storyline with with the Blue Blazer or and subsequently on after that. And it's, it's very interesting. The 10-year anniversary this week on many websites and many bloggers this week have theorized what would have transpired with Owen in his career and how WWE would have utilized him as a as a wrestler, sports entertainer, if you will, uh, had he not passed away. Well, I know a lot of speculation, uh, I actually heard this years ago, was that uh, Triple H derived the game gimmick from what was originally planned for Owen Hart. After his stint as the Blue Blazer, he was in for a what appeared to be a push. Right. He was going to go under the moniker The Game. And, uh, you know, after he passed away, I guess that was Triple H's way of paying tribute to Owen Hart, was hmm. taking the... That's very interesting. I never knew that. ...that was given to, uh, to Owen Hart. You see the informative stuff you learn here on Sunday Night Showdown. Absolutely. All right, well, well let's just... Uh uh, share what the uh, the chatter said. Uh, Chaos said, I remember that, that night like it was yesterday. I was at a friend's house watching the pay-per-view. After JR announced Owen's death, I could, could not watch any more of the card. I was sickened by WWF's way of handling it. And Latino718 said... And many agreed yeah. with you uh, that night. There was many that I, people that I were with and many people that I spoke to in subsequent days that were flabbergasted and disgusted that, in fact, Vince chose to... And it was his decision that he chose to continue 
with the card. Well, you know, you bring up a great point, and uh, I know there was an audio clip I wanted to play last week with uh, one of my least favorite ESPN hosts, and that being uh, Colin Coward. On the herd yes. on ESPN Radio. We like to call him Colin Cowturd. Right. Who, uh, you know, basically wanted to rip apart the World Wrestling Entertainment for this whole uh, Denver Nuggets thing, which we're going to get in, into in just a little bit because that's, that's Good. a huge story that I want to discuss. But uh, he, the only thing I can agree with Colin on is the fact that he makes the point that, you know, it was sickening how they just scraped Owen off the mat and continued on. I, I never understood completely why they did that. I mean, part of me was like, yeah, okay, he's got he's got thousands of people in this arena who paid for these tickets to see this show. And I can see that. On. I can see yep. that point. But when someone dies in the middle of the ring, and you've got guys going behind him in that ring, knowing that Owen Hart just fell, not a lot of them knowing that he just passed away. You know, none of those guys that night, and I've never seen that show, and I never will see that show. It'll never see the light of day. But the bottom line is, the guys that had to follow that, None of them were in their right mind. Even Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker, who was the main event in a night yeah. when The Undertaker took the title from Austin. Yeah. None of those guys they didn't were know. on top of their game. They didn't know. They were but all they... visibly shaken, yeah. and you could see it in the ring. It was yeah. just a bad call, in my opinion, to continue that night. But at the same time, I can understand Vince's decision of doing it. Do I agree with it? No, but he did it. As As despicable as I think it is, you know, looking back, it's easy for us to say, well, they shouldn't have continued with the show. It should have ended it. But if you could imagine when it happened, right away they didn't know that he had passed away. He had, he did try to lift his head. He did lift it for a second before he lifted it, let it fall down again. Like he was trying to get up. And that happened. They took him to the hospital. He wasn't pronounced um, dead until he got to the hospital. And with, I mean... We've all been part of shows, and we know how much pressure you're under and how it's just go, 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 go. And so for something so completely unexpected to happen like that, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing if he was hurt, not knowing if he was going to die. And he had been taken out of the arena. He went to the hospital, like you mentioned. What do you do? You know, so it's, you know, it's easy to say it never should have happened, but it, at, in the moment... You continue. It's, you know, you continue. it's a tough call yeah. because in the in the wrestling business, doesn't matter what happens, the show goes on. Listen, and and don't forget that guys in the in the world of professional sports, guys have died on the ice surface in hockey, on the football field, on the baseball field. Guys have died. The game has gone on. So, you know. Uh, Tough call, but you know, yeah, it, it it was awful that that they did continue on with it. Well, I want to say this: I'm just kind of uh, breezing over the chat room, and Chaos says that Vince was a billionaire, and he probably wouldn't have lost that much, that much money. But the bottom line is, actually, at that point in time, he was not yet a billionaire, as he had not made his company public. It wasn't right. until 2000 when he actually uh, went public and and became a billionaire overnight. But at that point in time, he was still losing the ratings war. Uh, or he was in the process of losing. I know they had just taken over for a little while in 98 and started beating WCW on a, con on a consecutive basis. It really wasn't until Vince Russo left in late 99 that they completely dominated WCW because I think Vince Russo completely d had had it in his mind he was going to undermine this conspiracy theory, by the way. 
that he was going to completely undermine WCW. Sometimes I wonder if he wasn't a plant by Vince McMahon. The well, previous I statements were of the opinion of J.J. Sexay only and do not reflect the opinions of the rest of the hosts of the show. Actually, speak for yourself, woman. They reflect my personality and perspectives as well. Go ahead. Well, guys, um, I, mean, I mean, Shark, we even talked about it, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll just quickly run over what's happened in the pay-per-view. The two matches we haven't yeah. referenced. Well, no, well, there's, there's been several matches. We've, yeah. Uh, yeah. we've gone with this Owen Hart talk quite a while. We've had several matches going on, but hey, that's what Internet Dave is here for. He's going to recap what's happened here at uh, Sacrifice. All right, well, Suicide and Daniels, obviously, as we talked about a few minutes ago, Daniels won it by nefarious means, so he said, restart this match. Give it five minutes and, and go from there. And uh, and so they ran it down for about five minutes. Uh, suicide got a two count as the five minute clock ran out. So it appears uh, that it that it becomes a draw and uh, suicide keeps the belt. And Daniels is uh, credited with some good sportsmanship. Uh, after that, Angelina Love basically sprayed something in the face of Awesome Kong while the referee was distracted with Risha Saeed, so she got the pin and kept the knockout belt. And Samoa Joe, by submission, just over uh, Kevin Nash just now, and then a, a bit of a beatdown of, of Nash and security afterwards as we head now to the uh, the tag team tournament final. The whole, the whole Kevin Nash um, mafia thing lately has been very confusing because the fans are turning them on their own. They're, they've been cheering for the main event Mafia lately, and what they did with Samoa Joe and the way that he completely beat down and beat up Kevin Nash tonight, and Kevin was bleeding pretty profusely from his uh, forehead, um, just lended further credence to the fact, Double J, that is that what the office is doing with the main event Mafia now? I don't know. I was just thinking to myself, and, and now I'm going to think out loud. I was just thinking to myself, watching the Samoa Joe, or the excuse me, the Sofa Joe, and uh, Kevin Nash match, that uh, maybe Samoa Joe should get a tattoo that says "Lazy Boy" on his back, or on the other side of his face, because then Sofa <laughs> Joe will be complete. That's right. Can we get this guy? I mean, I like Samoa Joe. We've met him several times. We've worked shows with him. Great. Great in the ring, but let's face it. Since he's come back, I don't like you don't like the gimmick. gimmick do you? I don't like no. the gimmick. I don't like the stupid tattoo on the face. I don't like the stupid tights. Get into some shape. I know that you weren't in great shape to begin with, but fuck's sake, Joe, treadmill dude, come on. It's really hurting your career. When he came, when we booked him here for the uh, for the Bad News Allen Super Show Super Show tribute, he was in way better shape then than he is now. I mean, he's about twice his size that he was then. Yes, yes. So you know, who knows? But I mean, even Umaga has lost weight lately. So Samoa, stand up, get away from the popcorn wicket, and go over and eat some healthy fruit shakes and some grapes. Well, we know why Samoa. Or excuse me, we know why uh, Umaga is in such great shape. We do. Custom Muscle. Ah. He's part owner, along with yes. uh, Charlie Haas Charlie and, and Jackie Gata. Yes. Haas. Well, I mean, if we uh, continue with the, uh, the the Owen Hart discussion here, as as uh, the tag team tournament British Invasion versus uh, <coughs> versus Beer Money continues, uh, Shark, like I mean, I was saying it a few minutes ago that uh, 
it's amazing in these 10 years how all four of us have made and maintained this connection with the Hart family. Like, I mean, uh, we've, I mean, we all knew, uh, Davey and, and Brett and, and Jim Neidhart. I mean, we know the grandkid. we, I got to meet Stu, we know all the grandkids. I mean, Internet Dave came from Harry Smith, D.H. Smith giving me my name, and now we're good friends with these three individuals who are tearing up ECW every Tuesday night. It's just amazing how, uh, I mean, it's a small but dedicated community uh, in the wrestling business here in Calgary, and, and I feel extremely fortunate that uh, that I've been able to make these connections with the Hearts. And uh, and like I said, I've been involved with Stampede now for five or six years, and and it's it's been a great connection. And like I said, it's a, a small but dedicated community in this city, and and it's thanks to the Hart family for that. But um, I mean, one issue that's always bugged me, and I mean, I talked about it the day after it happened and I'm talking about it 10 years later is the funeral situation with uh, with all the fans being on the other side of the street of the funeral home and uh, taking photos of their favorite wrestlers like Vince like when Vince McMahon came through and Hulk Hogan and and uh, Steve Austin and The Undertaker and every absolutely everybody who was here from both organizations and at the time well actually all three because there were a lot of ECW wrestlers here as well uh, to, to me to this day, yeah, there was barriers so that the crowd couldn't come into the funeral home, but to me, the fact that the crowd was actually chanting wrestlers' names and smiling and taking photos, that that bugs me to this day. I know you were in the funeral home on the other side of the issue, but uh, I, Jeff, Harmony, Shark, I'm just, just your guys' perspective on that, because uh, I, I thought it was just absolutely horrible. I mean, if I was to go down, I didn't get a chance to, and I knew it would be busy, but I, I would have never taken pictures to to use this as my opportunity to get photos of wrestlers it it was a horrible opportunity i think you want my baby as, okay. as i drop my mic ladies and gentlemen internet dave has fallen off the couch here at the studio <laughs> on sunday night show. well maybe Wait the mic has do we need dave's getting a little upset here i mean no i'm he, somebody call a medic <laughs> medic medic you know what i want to say this you want my opinion on uh on exactly how i feel about that i think that there comes a point in time when, as a wrestling fan, you need to draw a line in the sand and you need to be respectful of the people who entertain you. They're not there to get autographs from if they're attending a funeral. Hell, if you're in a restaurant and somebody's eating, leave them the fuck alone. If they're in the bathroom taking a shit, don't wait for them to sign your piece of toilet paper. It's rude, it's obnoxious. Because you are famous does not mean that you owe people anything, okay? And I, I really have a problem with that aspect of fame. You know, I'm glad that I'm not famous, quite frankly. I mean, although you would think when I go to a stampede show and there's those certain individuals <laughs> that like to follow us around. Or a PWA I, show. It, it's yeah. that yeah. small bit that I can completely understand because they follow me around, want to know what I think of this, what I think of that. Want me to sign autographs, want me to answer this, want me to answer that. So it's that small little bit of fame that doesn't measure up to what these people are going through. But I can completely understand. It's annoying. Okay? You're there for a reason. You're there to either, again, attend a funeral of someone who you cared for. I do not agree with with that. I, I think it's rude. I think it's distasteful. And I think it's 
disrespectful. But on the other hand, when you get into the business of entertainment, when you get onto television, there is a certain amount that you have to expect with being at the restaurant and people bothering you, going to the washroom, people wanting autographs. You have to expect that. You have to know that it's coming the same way that people in Hollywood expect the paparazzi. However, it is distasteful at a funeral to be to be doing exactly what people were doing. But at the same time, Owen Hart isn't anybody to them. Owen Hart is somebody that they watched on TV. You know, they may have quite enjoyed Owen Hart on TV, but at the same time, they may have enjoyed him wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin. So if they see Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's one of the people that they do care about, that they do, you know, idolize, of course they're going to take their picture. Owen, to them, was somebody on TV. He wasn't a real person to them. And see, that's the problem. I think that when you think that, you should you should always think in your mind, first off, okay? Especially in this situation. How would you feel if your brother died? How would you feel if your mother died? How would you feel if anyone in your family that you were close to died? And at the funeral, there was obnoxious people chanting people's names, taking pictures when people are grieving. How would that make you feel? Me? I'd want to come kick your ass, quite frankly. But that's just the way I am. But you don't have movie stars coming to your mother or your father or your brother, whoever no. else you mentioned, to their funeral. I mean, the same thing happened at Stu's funeral. People were taking pictures of Chris Benoit. People were taking pictures of Edge. It It's going to happen when it's people to do with the public eye. Not that I condone that. And no, I was not one of the fans that were out there doing that. I was not one of the fans that were out on the sidewalk because I felt that the funeral was for the family, which is exactly what it should have been. And... You know, not for for fans, but you know it's gonna happen when you're in the public eye. Stuff like that is is gonna happen. I just ask that anyone who would do something like that think about it first. Yeah, honestly. And, and you know what? Two two things, guys. Um, I was inside at the funeral of Owen Hart. Um, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Standing there with my wife and Rick Bodner, Razor Rick Titan. Uh, uh, Razor, Razor Ramon too, if you will, um, and watching everything that was going on around us, and I will never forget walking into McGinnis and Hallway Funeral Hall here in in Calgary, and not knowing that it was an open casket, and I walked in and turned around, and there was Owen with the casket open. And I had never seen that, and it freaked me out. I didn't like it. I turned away. Um, and, and I'll never forget the fact that standing in front of us was a lot of WWE officials. And standing there in front of me, Double J, was Jim Corderas, the referee in the ring at the time that it happened and he was bawling like a little baby and everybody was looking at him and they were equally as 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 flabbergasted to to imagine the grief that he was feeling and I couldn't agree with you more Double J when you said that it was in such bad taste 
for the fence because after the funeral was completed and they took the casket outside into the hearse on the way to the cemetery and and all the WWE workers and the McMahon family and I'll never forget as long as I live there was a very loud chant of fuck you Vince and he heard it and he looked down and I saw the tears running down his face and you know what the fans I really thought that day were distasteful and disgusting and yes they were hollering at the Undertaker and Stone Cold and Edge and Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho um, enchanting their name and, and they looked and they looked away and they didn't didn't acknowledge and a lot of that happened when they got off of the bus the big um, Greyhound bus that, that Vince had rented to bring all the workers from the airport to the McGinnis and Hallway Funeral Chapel and the bus pulled out in front of the funeral home um, and the bus pulled out from in front of the funeral home and all the workers came off the bus and, and the fans were chanting their names and it was, it was bad uh, luckily at the end of the service the, the bus was in the back of the funeral hall so the, all the WWE superstars didn't have to be subjected to, to the uh, distasteful displays from a lot of the fans but uh, that day will, will be forever embedded in my brain um, and uh, you know I don't know what to say other than then it was a, uh, it was a bad day but uh, um, I think what we're going to do right now is uh, is take a break from our ongoing coverage of TNA Sacrifice pay-per-view here on Sunday Night Showdown. Sunday Night Showdown as we're having all kinds of technical problems abounding with TELUS TV as it looks like we may lose the feed here any moment again. Um, with that being said, I kind of want to segue as we're all eating our uh, fantastic dinner cooked by Boom Boom Sex A tonight. Um, at this point in time, we're, I'm just going to go ahead and break into the retro rewind for the week. As again, we are probably going to lose internet feed at any second and I apologize for the delay. The archive will be perfect. 
and it should be up by tomorrow, with any luck. Well, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to set this up, the retro rewind for this week, since we've been on the topic of Owen Hart all night, and with it being the um, 10th anniversary of his passing, I want to remember Owen Hart in a positive way, and with that being said, that's your retro rewind for tonight. We'll be right back with Sunday Night Showdown. Brother eliminated was Owen Hart, but here we see him returning to the ring, seemingly to celebrate. However, we would all find out momentarily that was not the case. He goes right after his brother, the hitman, pulls him down off that ring, and begins his verbal assault. Continues and escalates to a physical assault. He blames Bret Hart for his elimination. Keep in mind, folks, the entire Hart family is ringside. They're watching this with their mouths wide open. They can't believe it. A couple of weeks later, here's Owen's explanation. Listen, I've been in the shadow of you, Brett, all my life, and I'm sick and tired of it. So, Brett, there's only one way to solve this thing with me being the shadow of you, the hitman. That's right. Why don't you go out and step up to the plate? You and me, face to face, one on one. And uh, I would wrestle anybody, and uh, I, I like to. Uh up to those words to say I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and I take on anybody, but under no circumstances would I ever, absolutely, positively not ever step in the ring with my own brother under any circumstances. Well, it could have been the Christmas carols and the turkey, but indeed, the Hart brothers patched things up over the Christmas holidays. They patched things up so well, in fact, they became a tag team at the Royal Rumble, taking on the Quebecers for the title. And remember, this was a title shot, Owens first, and he wanted it back. And when Brett was injured, he blamed his brother again for costing him the championship. And then the kick felt around the world. We all felt it as we watched in horror. How could he kick his brother, who was badly injured, in that knee? Did Owen feel bad about it? Not on your life. I kicked you in the leg, Brett. And it felt good. It really felt good. I had a lifetime of anger and hostility and frustration. And when I laid that kick into your leg, Vince, it felt great. It felt great? I don't know how great it's going to feel for my brother Owen in WrestleMania. I don't know how great it's going to feel having gone this far. But I can promise Owen one thing. He wants a match. He wants a fight. I'll give him a fight. I'll give him a damn good fight. And fight they did at WrestleMania 10. Brother against brother. It's a match they've had several times as kids in the basement. But guess what? This one was at Madison Square Garden. And this time, little brother would win it. Owen Hart would defeat his brother, Bret Hart, at WrestleMania 10. Keep in mind, folks, later on that night, Bret Hart was going for the WWF Championship, and he got it by defeating Yokozuna. Owen once again emerged. Possibly, seemingly, maybe to pack things up. No. Look at Owen. He is seething with jealousy. When you look at him, he would love to be in that ring himself. You can see it in his eye. Let's take you forward to the King of the Ring, the match, Bret Hart against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Remember, the anvil who interferes here volunteered to be in Bret's corner. With his interference, he cost the hitman the match. However, Bret keeps the title. That would prove so important later on as the King of the Ring tournament unfolds. 
later we see the Anvil make an appearance in the finals for the King of the Ring between Razor Ramon and Owen Hart. He clotheslines Razor Ramon in order for Owen Hart to become King of the Ring, and that's exactly what happened. It turned out to be a well-orchestrated plan. See, the only reason the Anvil was with Bret Hart was to ensure he would not lose the title, and therefore Owen could win it from his brother Bret. Just listen to this unbelievable acceptance speech from Owen Hart. proclamation as king is to be from this day forward known as the king of hearts. The king of hearts. And I want you people to remember it with respect for the king of hearts. Folks, just three weeks ago, we saw how upset the Hart family is at Owen and the Anvil, Jim Neidhart. Let's listen to Bruce Hart, who speaks for the majority of the family. Of us are proud of you. We're disgusted. You're a disgrace to the family. A disgrace to a family divided. The family's so upset, in fact, that tonight's match is a steel cage match. A 15-foot solid steel cage will surround the ring to ensure Brett and Owen stay in and the rest of the Hart family stays out. The title's on the line tonight. The World Wrestling Federation title will no longer be yours, Brett. It's over. It's over, Brett. It's all come to an end. You are finished. Come SummerSlam, there is going to be a new reign in the Hart family. It is going to be me, and the whole family is going to jump on my bandwagon. But this will be settled between you and me, Brett. Nobody is going to interfere. It'll be settled, and I am going to become the World Wrestling Federation champion. And I want you to take a look exactly how it's going to be on that hot summer night, Brett. I used to climb up and do like a chin-up on, uh, on your crib and just look at you. And you know, you used to cry... Well, it's going to be the exact same thing in the SummerSlam. I'm going to peer through that bars, that 15-foot-high steel cage match with the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt draped over my shoulder. And Owen, you're going to cry yourself a river of tears when you get used to the fact that you lost to the excellence of execution, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown as we are right in the middle of the match for the Legends Championship as Booker T is taking on AJ Styles in what seems to be a very, very good match thus far. I'd like to tell you what's going on with it, but I'm having problems with my cable provider and it looks like a kaleidoscope and pixelation. So, And it has nothing to do with your wife's employer so that your wife does not get fired what for being a shit disturber or something or I just want to go on record and say Telus TV sucks but all employees of Telus are very nice people well it's just Telus TV is very good it just happens to be a little glitchy right now and we're not having a snowstorm. I, I would promote it to anyone. Which in Calgary in May is not unusual, but we're not having a snowstorm. So who knows why. But it seems to be... It's in the air. seems to be okay right now, and, and we're actually hearing most of it, if not all of it, if, if, <laughs> even if we're not seeing it as well as we could. But uh, we're waiting for a an I quit answer to uh, to be spoken by either Booker T or or uh, AJ Styles, and 
That's the only way this match is going to end. And uh, we haven't done predictions at all tonight, obviously, because of the problems, but I'm going to go ahead and say AJ retains tonight. Yeah, and, and the only... Uh, <coughs> For, for a championship that only two people care about. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm liking AJ as well here. because. And, sorry, go. I was going to say... Uh, Somebody uh, go. <coughs> Booker T can yell I quit and it won't matter at all. So. Well, I'm, I'm going to go and, and go out on the line here and, and say that Angelina Love retains tonight as well. That match already happened, and you are correct because she did retain. She sprayed some some stuff uh, in Awesome Kong's eyes. And wait a minute, wait a minute. I leave for one moment, and you're retroactively picking winners on matches that have already transpired. What's up with that? What, are you the fucking Hurricane Ellison? What the fuck I would never do that. I wonder about you sometimes. I really do. No, uh, Harmony so eloquently put that Angelina Love retained her title. That was her prediction that she would retain it. And she did. However, I don't really know if you want to call Angelina Love a winner after all the uh, damage she took thanks to Os Kong. When you piss off the Kong, <laughs> prepare to get hurt. Pay the price. Oh, listen to Harmony. <laughs> and, and, and you piss off the Kong, you done wrong. Wow, she's a poet and she don't even know it. Does Awesome Kong not remind you of a female Vader? She does, but you know what? I'm yeah. gonna let I'm gonna let our authority on female <coughs> wrestling the the I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but uh, if you are subscribers of the uh, WrestleView VIP area, then you would know this that Harmony is now the co-host. What? She is the co-host of Divas on the Band with the power Andy Knowles. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it over to Harmony and let her give us her in-depth perception of Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Invader. I mean, uh, awesome song. <laughs> um, I I don't know how deep I can can really go when talking about Angelina Love and uh, Velvet Sky. Um, Three minutes. <laughs> Sheepers, you try and keep this show kid friendly and then you invite someone like the shark to your house. Um, honestly, Andy and I discussed this on uh, Divas on Demand a little bit earlier tonight and if you are a VIP member for WrestleView, you can totally go check that out. But we did discuss it and kind of where where do they go from here if Angelina Love does retain it. And honestly, who knows where they're going to go. And like I said on that show, I'll say it on this show, TNA will not go the way you think they're going to go. They're not going to go the way that they logically should go. They're going to go one way and completely turn around and go the opposite way. Christy Hemi coming back. Is she? I heard that. You heard that? I did. And where did you hear this? From a reputable source that shall remain nameless. That is a very good friend of the show? Mm, yes. Okay, then. Well, um, Christy Hemi, you know, she's pretty. <laughs> she, well, she's as Andy, a nice eye candy. As Andy said, um, she's out with the concussion thanks to the awesome bomb to begin with. Good. But she's... Uh, good. <laughs> Oh, Harmony, not a big Christy Hemi fan. No, I, I'm a big Awesome Kong fan, and I like 
that she is powerful and strong and you don't mess with her. I like that she gives six of her power bombs. I like that she completely obliterates these little tiny things. I, I don't know. I, I like her. I like her character. I gotta be honest. I'm not a fan of any woman that could give me an infection. And I'm pretty sure that Christy Hemme could give me a rock and rave infection, and I don't think I'm in that. <laughs> I believe they found an inoculation for that already. Yeah, you released them. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Bad joke of the night. Although I'll tell you, I mean, somebody phone Lance Hoyt. For rock and rave, I mean, she pushed them and tried to make them as big as she possibly could. And she was just say, Dave, Christy Hemi pushed the infection? And tried to make them as big of a deal as she possibly could. And, wow. and she believed in the rock and rave infection gimmick. And, and you know what? That's... That's great for her. I mean, she's really going to push it, and that's fantastic. I mean, you, no matter how silly the gimmick is, if you believe in it, then you'll get other eventually get other people to believe in it. Yeah, but let's face it. Um, she was pushing Lance Hoyt. <laughs> I mean, he can't get over if people were being paid to put him over. I think we just had another Internet Dave moment. Uh, a Daveism? <laughs> Not to be confused with a stigmatism. Oh, no, or an infection. A Daveism is much more fun. Um, as right now, cutting, uh, cutting back. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was the funniest thing you said this week. Shut up and eat your food. All right. As we are back to live action on the pay-per-view, AJ Styles and Booker T uh, trading fisticuffs. As uh, the shark has, has put his finger high up in the air. Was it Hoyt mates with JJ? Uh, I never mated with Lance Hoyt. Let me go ahead and right uh, I'm pretty sure that never happened. I know I got drunk a few times with a guy, but I'm pretty sure that never happened. You never woke up sore or anything like that? I never woke up sore. All right, that's, that's, that's a good indication. Nothing bad happened. Okay, for the record, mate in some countries means friend. Does not mean making babies. No, I know that, and I was making a joke. But thanks for tuning in. Um, at one point in time... If Jeff and Lance Hoyt were going to make babies, who would be the one uh, being pregnant? What the fuck, Dave? It's, it's broken down. It's broken down. Do you want me to call Vince? Somebody put something no, in... No, don't call Vince. Let's I, just wrap it up. I know I just gave you a cherry Coke, but I didn't put anything else in there. Okay, at one point in time, and I do mean at one point in time. Not recently. Not recently, not in the last four or five years. Um, well, at least the last four. There was a point in time I was semi-friendly with Lance Hoyt. I mean, I, I did break the news and signed with TNA before anybody else. I remember that. Show yeah. Back in the old WTR days. Um, we were friends there for a while, I kind of thought, but uh, Lance Hoyt signed with TNA, got a big head. And, forgot the uh, little people. Forgot the little people to help make him. And uh, Hoyt Mania just never caught on. So. And, and maybe he just needs to watch Eminem's new video and about the people that made him. That's right. We're the ones that made you. I knew you were going to sing. It, it, it's a pretty funny video. I've seen it. <laughs> In amongst my Owen research, I was also doing Eminem research. Don't ask why. Two completely different things, but he's got some pretty cool videos. Yeah, both blonde, but neither one. Do you, do you prefer plain or peanut? 
It's getting bad. It's getting I have bad. no idea what that means. M&M. I'm not even M&M. going to dignify with an I know answer. That, I know that part. Don't cough. <laughs> wow. What? It is, it's degenerating here. Yes, it is. As AJ and uh, some, and Booker T continue here in this I Quit match. For a title that means absolutely nothing. That nobody wants. They should have it as the television title. Let's get back yeah, world to television something though. real. But I think that's where they were trying to go with it without calling it that. Okay, legend title, television title, a little bit different. There. No, well, no, until- but as an ex- as an extra title on top of the 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 champion title, on top of the tag belts, and, and on top of the X division, an extra title that they can that they can have defended. I didn't mind it when Booker had it because he was putting it over as he in his own mind was the only true legend therefore he had the legend's title but now that AJ has it I don't buy it yeah but AJ is a legend in TNA wrestling okay he's been there from the start he's won every major title in the company he was one of the people that helped build TNA when he was one of the people that they were pushing as their champion when they first started out and he was one of the people that we all sat there just completely dumbfounded watching wrestle I I agree with you all 150%. I still think it's a lame name for a title. Okay. Well, I would agree. It is a lame name for a title. I would have never called it that. I don't know why they brought it in. But anyway, the belt means absolutely dick all in this business. Speaking of meaning nothing, <laughs> and she's not looking good tonight. Here comes Charmel. Well, only her and Booker can be together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want you to explain that to me sometime. Like, what you meant by that? Because just that uh, I don't know if anybody would want. Uh, what's her name? A drag queen lookalike. Paisley, for lack of a better term. And yeah, I mean, well, maybe Booker T could attract some other women, but. Oh, God. Charmel is he, not an ugly woman. No, I don't think so. But and Booker she's T got is the million not an ugly do- man. She's got the million-dollar body and the ten-cent face. Well, that's all that matters, though. I mean, well, some Bo- guys don't care about the face. They just want the booty. Booker went to the... Uh, to the ring apron. Oh, don't set me up. I got anyways. I'm not where Charmel, where Charmel was Haven't standing. Have you bagged it before? <laughs> Almost oh knocking God. her over. She could be the most beautiful woman in, woman in the world with her face in the pillow and her ass in the air. Thank you. Getting distracted and now. Uh, 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 this is why AJ's, I stopped doing the show for a little while. AJ's I come back and this is what I get. Has Booker T in a submission maneuver and the referee's waiting for him to uh, to. Uh, <laughs> to give it up, which he won't, as here comes Jenna Maraska. Who the hell is she? Former Survivor winner. Notice how Dave said give it up, and then in came Jenna Marasco. And now Jenna throws in a white towel on behalf of Booker T, which means he didn't say I quit, and AJ Styles retains his Legends Championship, as once again Shark TNA overbooking ruins... Another match that was very good up to the finish. I don't know if you noticed or not. Sorry to cut you off. I don't know if you noticed or not, but when Jenna Morasco threw the towel in, Booker T was tapping out at that same exact moment. So obviously that's going to come up a little bit later on. But why is she throwing in the towel for Booker T? Because she hates Charmel and wants to make sure that Charmel's husband okay, leaves his but match. Why, but are, why are they accepting Because, the because she is part... Technically, of the main event mafia being Kevin Nash's valet. 
or very good friend. Can I just say she needs to come to our house and have one of those fantastic burgers and some of that great salad I made and some Not to potatoes because, my God, the woman looks like she's going to drop dead of starvation. She really needs an extreme makeover. Uh, you know what, guys? We're, we're setting up now for the main <laughs> event for sacrifice here. Yeah. The video, the four -way the video dance. package is airing. The four-way dance. Mick Foley, Sting, Angle, and Jared. And, and don't oh. forget, in just four weeks' time at Slammiversary, it's King of the Mountain. Not again. I think the annual June tradition from Total Nonstop after, Action. After Boom Boom gives her perspective, I think we need to run down the extensive stipulations <laughs> in this match. Actually, before we do that, I want you go ahead and do what you're going to do. Well, I was just going to respond to Shark and say that uh, we don't have time to run down all the stipulations and make people actually understand them. Um, but anyways, I was just going to say I love what they've been doing with Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley. I loved the promo two weeks ago when Mick Foley, um, or when Jeff Jarrett, sorry, was going around the old um, Coliseum where Memphis Wrestling used to take place and going back to all the old haunts and give, giving us actually a little bit of a history lesson at the same time. I'm really a big buff on history, especially when, Coliseum, to, yes. Yeah, yes. especially when it comes to wrestling history. And uh, then Mick Foley comes in and attacks him. I love what they've been doing to the two of them. I love the pro the uh, the match that Mick Foley had last week. And uh, I love the match that he had this week. Or this week is what I meant. Yes. This is that this week is what I meant. I thought it was a great match and and you know there's some people didn't like it. It wasn't technical enough for them. You know, his opponent was a little bit stiff. But hey, I thought the bit. match was she fantastic. She does have a sense of humor. She, she does. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Dave, play that for us right now. We're, we're going to keep our mics live so we can comment on this. Enjoy the ride. Take it for what it is. Mick Foley being Mick Foley and look at him. They're looking at each other eye to eye. Rocky never looks so good. You can see. I don't know how they came up with the money. I mean, he doesn't even change his Mickey was great. And look at the jam. Another jam. What a way to I start. I got to tell you, Mickey, Mickey looked like Burgess Meredith right it. before Burgess he died. still got it. I'm going to eat ice cream. He's crap. I mean, Don West was at his yeah, best here, yeah. I thought. Look at these shots ahead. The force that the hardcore election is able to be. Mike, this is unreal. Oh, oh. Could it be a pile driver? Could he do it? I think on a great champion like Mick Foley. I think he sheared on the wrong guy there. Yeah, it's just amazing. Third, this whole thing really is. Mike, lighten up, man. Lighten up, buddy. Enjoy it. Mick said he was going to face the I mean, former world champion, and look. We all know that the Rocky obviously hasn't had a match in a long time. Oh, there it is. There's the pile driver. It's kind of like dead weight now, isn't it? you got to wonder what Rocky's got left to take. I think when Mick Piles played him, I think actually he's going to finish him off. What's he going to do? Yeah, he had a sore back from carrying Carl Weathers and Dolph Lundgren through two movies. I bet he did. Yes. Man, he's showing up some agility. Look at the speed coming off his rope. Oh, Oh, and there's an elbow. This could be it. Two, 
My favorite part of that was where he gave him the jump spike pile driver. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't drive his head through the mat. And of course, subsequently after that, in came well, you Jeff Jarrett. On they went at it. In came Kurt Angle. The three of them went at it. And then Sting came in. Foley uh, went out of the ring, got a chair, laid out all three of them. And that's how Impact ended this week, setting up, of course, the four-way for Mick Foley's TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which is just about getting ready to start on the main event of TNA's Sacrifice pay-per-view here on Sunday Night Showdown. <laughs> All right, well, we are going to talk some WWE as uh, we continue with the main event here, but uh, we will get to Vince versus the city of Denver uh, momentarily. Uh, one, one other thing I'd like to take time out right now and giving a big shout-out to the brought-in through great expense to Boom Boom and Double J, our brand-new catering department here <laughs> at Sunday Night Showdown. It's big, big slavery department. To the new catering department here at Sunday Night Showdown. Outstanding job in their inaugural spread, if you will. I don't really know how to comment on that. There's nothing, no rebuttal, other than to say thank you to the catering department. <laughs> what a great spread I have. Let's just put it that way. I'm sorry? And... And you, Mrs. Jackson, are speaking derogatorily to the shark about his verbosity when your husband is making comments like that. Thank you. Uh, did you see the look he just got? No, I didn't see anything. I was watching the pay-per-view. I honestly didn't think I said anything wrong there, but moving on. No. <laughs> uh, shark, we're looking... We got a chatter who's looking for a bottoms up uh, update because apparently he might be heading our way in the next few weeks. Really? Is this our our our, our Chaos 78745. Dude, tell us where you're from and when you might be in Calgary. Anyway, the the announcement Dave will pick you up at the airport. The the Dave will pick you up. Yes. Yes. We'll make sure. Just let us know where, where you're coming in from, what time, flight number. Dave will internet Dave will pick you up. He he wants to check out the new bottoms up. All right. Well, soon on this very program as I've promised, the world announcement of the brand new Bottoms Up Sports Club location will be done on this very show very soon. Ah, uh, he's from my neck of the woods. He's in Texas. We're about in Texas. See, my friends come to Calgary. Nobody wants to go to Bottoms Up. They all want to go see the Hard House. This dude comes into Calgary. He doesn't want to go see the Hard House. He wants to go to Bottoms Up. My friends come to Calgary. They don't want to go to the Hard House. They don't want to go to Bottoms Up. They want to go to the French Maid, the Speakeasy, and the Big Easy. See? Well, what, they don't have easies there? Austin, Texas. No, in, in, oh, he's from Austin, Texas. He's from Texas. Austin, Texas. So, they would so have, is he going to catch the uh, direct would, from Houston to Calgary? Or? Jeepers, people, is this like TravelAmericaCanada.com? Can we you. get back to the show? Say what, Chaos, why don't you send an email to Internet Day? Right. Yeah. Pick you up at the airport. They'll bring you over to Casa <laughs> de la Sexy, and uh, we'll get you drunk. We'll get you drunk! On Canadian booze. Shark uh, had a couple of shout-outs tonight asking what you thought of of uh, the TNA, excuse me, the Ultimate Fighting Championship from last night. Uh, I'll give you my quick 30-second uh, synopsis of uh, the UFC show last night from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. From top to bottom, it was a stellar show. Fight of the night, no question. Sean the Muscle Shark Shirk and... Uh, 
there's been, I'll, I'll cut myself off, there's speculation that... Uh, He's actually going to send me an email. I don't know if I'm going to pick him up. Nobody gives a rat's ass. Shut up. There's speculation <laughs> right now that Kurt Angle is under the influence of something. Holy going crap. Into Have you main seen event. his eyes? Yeah, yeah I, I did. Like, seriously, he looks like a bug-eyed Kendall. Okay. With no hair. USC last night, top to bottom, great show, fight of the night, Sean the Muscle Shark shirt, Frankie Edgar, wow, unbelievable. Um, the the match, Sarah and Hughes, um, Matt Hughes wins the unanimous decision, great fight, very close. About a biggest upset, as you can see, over the last little while in the USC, uh, the current or former welterweight champ or probably former light heavyweight champion Sugar Richard Evans, a three to one favorite in Las Vegas, uh, gets knocked out by the still undefeated dragon Lyoto Machida. Um, what a great UFC it was last night, but we're not here to talk about UFC. We're here now to set up the main event, the four way dance in TNA Sacrifice pay per view. All right, well, let me tell you about all the 68 uh, stipulations that this match in TNA is always famous for. I thought there was 69. Okay, let me know Actually, when we're 70, at, like... Now that okay. I think about it. Let me know when we're at 69 so I can wake up. I'm just saying, 70 that, freaking... That, that's, a, that's a big clip for the archive, goodness. by the way. <laughs> what is your fixation with the number 69? Oh, my God! Tell me when we get to 69. Tell me when we get to 69 so that I can wake up. This isn't lockdown. What's up with oh that? <laughs> lockdown was last month. Wait a minute. It's very good, hey, Shark. Internet stipulations. Well, right. he said there was 70. I wanted to wake up before the end of it. I didn't mean to be oh, whatever. Dirty-minded gutter Sexually folk. perverse. There's four stipulations. All right. Internet day. If Foley gets pinned, he loses the belt. If Angle gets pinned, he loses the uh, right to be the head of the main event mafia. The godfather. Exactly. If, if Sting gets pinned, he is retiring. And if Jared gets pinned, he uh, loses his uh, voting and his... His Cheers. money it shares in uh, TNA Wrestling, and I guess Vince McMahon takes over, similar to the whole uh, Vi- uh, Vince versus uh, Flair angle from a few years ago. And it, it appears to be that uh, uh, Mr. Foley loses the belt only if he gets pinned. So it's a good concept where everybody has to sacrifice something based on the name of the show. I like that, but just too many steps. Dumb. Quick predictions. Boom, boom. Um, couldn't tell you because I'm still um, dealing with the head spinning from all of the freaking stupid-ass stipulations. There's only four. Prediction. Boom, boom. Mick Foley. Loses the title? Loses the title. Or keeps the title. Really? And... Jeff Jarrett loses his shares because that's going to further the Mick Foley and Jarrett feud. And we all know it's a work. He's not actually going to lose his house. So that's what I'm going on. And his jet ski. Don't forget about his jet ski. Double J, your prediction. I think that somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. Wow. You're, You're right. Could you be more specific and let us know who you think will win? Actually, it doesn't really matter who wins unless it's Mick. Well, technically, it's all about who loses. Why? Why did I ask Double J a question and everybody else is giving an answer? Because they want to be me. 
Okay. Well, wait, wait, okay. Wait. She wants to be with me, and you want to be me. It, it's, it's okay. But uh, that, wasn't that somebody's promo? Famous promo. It was. It was Sables. I think. Sables. It was Sables. But, yeah. um, all right. As far as my pick for this match, Kurt Angle's not going over tonight. He's going to lose his his, uh, his main event status with the Mafia. I don't really know if Sting is going to retire. Now that's the question. If one no. person wins, then do all three of the other people in this match, do those stipulations come true? Take it. Take it. No, whoever only gets only, pinned. Yeah, exactly. And Wh- whoever gets pinned. Time. Whoever gets pinned. And Sting's not going to get pinned and be retired that way. When Sting retires, it's not going to be okay, some cheap ass but way. If Mick Foley gets pinned, he loses the title. Is right. that the only thing that That's, happens? Yes. yes. Everybody else's stipulation is shot to shit. It's only exactly. the person that gets pinned. Okay, Mick Foley loses the title tonight. Yes. And Jeff Jarrett wins it. That's why I say it doesn't matter who wins. It is no DQ, really? yeah. Internet Dave, your prediction. Uh, Jarrett pins Foley to win the belt, and Sting and Kurt Angle start hitting each other again and building to their, a match they'll probably have at uh, Slammiversary. But i, I got to ask, you, be, I gotta ask sorry, you again. Go ahead. This one, this fatal four-way will turn into two singles matches going ahead to the next pay-per-view. But i got to ask, if... Mick Foley loses the title, say, and Sting pins Mick Foley. Does Kurt Angle still get to keep his godfathership of yes. the Native End Mafia? He it's does. The only right. person who's negatively affected is the person who gets pinned. And I say to you, all who are listening to Sunday Night Showdown and here in the studio, if it takes a five-minute fucking explanation for us to figure out what the fuck is going on in this match, how do you think those people sitting in the arena feel and watching on pay-per-view? I, I don't know, but I'm going to do this for everybody right now just because because <clears throat> it needs to be done. I, I just The match has started already, but i, I got to say, I'm not happy with the ring introductions that Jeremy Borash did your prior, prior to this match starting. Your favorite and ring I'm going to say this right now. For everybody listening, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you Michael Buffer. Right here, right now on Sunday Night Showdown, Michael Buffer is going to introduce you to your main event of the evening. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, through great expense to Sunday Night Showdown, we give you the buff, Michael Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) good evening. Are they in Orlando, Florida? They are in Orlando, Florida. Yes, at Universal Studios. Good evening, Orlando, Florida. It is now time for the main event. Introducing in the corner, he weighs in at 230 pounds. He is the master and the ruler of the ankle lock. I thought you were going to do Sid. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. He's a former gold medal Olympian and a 12-time world heavyweight champion. This is Kurt Introducing his opponents. He weighs in at 290 pounds. He's a hardcore icon. He's the master and the ruler. Him too? Of the medical (laughs) 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 Two masters and rulers in one intro? Go ahead, Michael. Come on. He has made a career of stuffing his hand down his pants and pulling out a sock puppet. And being the master. 
and he is the master at taking crazy chair shots to the head and table bumps from the top of steel cages. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the reigning TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Quit laughing, Michael. Nick Foley! And who cares about the other two in the match? I just had to have fun with that. Wow. Oh my god. Michael Buffer, Why ladies and gentlemen. Do people listen to us. To hear the funny shit that happens on a bi weekly basis okay. here on Sunday Night Showdown. Michael Buffer's on some cocaine or something, I don't know. No, 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 it's Kurt Angle that's on cocaine. You see how wide eyed he is tonight? He's on a batch of fucking wellness. Can I swear on this show? No. Okay. Weighing in at 230 pounds. <laughs> Buffer's still here? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I thought he left the building. He's the most iconic name in professional wrestling today with a record of I don't know. (laughs) I don't really care. Right. But he's the master. Him too? (laughs) 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 And the Scorpion Death Drop. And And Death Drop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve! I thought it was Ric Flair with that woo. Oh, you're right. That wasn't a Sting move. As Mick Foley pile drives Sting, and and, uh, he really hit the the entrance walkway really hard. Uh, As uh, Kurt Angle has the ankle lock now on on your namesake, Double J. And and his eyes look like they're about to bug out of his head. Uh Oh, and And this is Taco. Last but not least, he is the master and the ruler. <laughs> Wait a minute. Four masters now? Yeah, four masters and four rulers? What the hell's going on here? Did you eat the last hamburger, you bastard? Excuse me, I'm trying to make a Michael Buffer in announcement. Hurry up, Buffer. Quit Introducing around. Introducing the last member of this main event for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, he weighs in at 230 pounds. He is the founder of TNA Wrestling. He is the master and the ruler of the stroke. Oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jerry. Oh. Now, M- Mr. Buffer, just before you leave the corporate headquarters of Sunday Night Showdown, I've often theorized about what it would be like and what it would sound like if Michael Buffer introduced Buff Bagwell. I was always wondering what it would be like if Michael Buffer went to McDonald's. (laughs) Could I please have... It would go something like this. And making his way in his car to the drive-thru. It's breaking down. He weighs in at 150 pounds. He is the most recognizable voice in all of entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like... A Big Mac. Enterprise! <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, and I don't know how you follow that segment up with, but we're not even going to attempt to try. All of a sudden, out of the match, Mick Foley goes to the broadcast position. He's sitting between, between Tanay and uh, Dandy Don. Um, and doing color commentary now when he's supposed to be defending the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, but he doesn't really need to be in there defending it because he only loses it if he's pinned. So if he's sitting there doing commentary, ain't nobody can pin him. Right. 
very, very good. Ain't nobody can. But an, not right. analogy of the the whole scenario behind Mick Foley now being at the broadcast position. That's right. I totally understand now. And what's great about this is in in uh, three way and four way matches, it really always bothers me that people always go in to break up the count because they've got to be the one to pin. And really, it doesn't matter who pins as long as you don't get pinned. Just like Sting did right now to Jeff right, Jarrett. Right there. But the yeah. bottom line is you want to win the match. Why? You don't get anything out of it if you win, unless you pin Mick. Unless you pin Mick, you don't win the title. And, and Mick is so ways away from the arena. beating the crap out of each other, all three of these jabronis should be at the broadcast position hauling Mick Foley's 290-pound derriere back into the ring, correct? Let me just say this. Anytime I watch a TNA pay-per-view, You're confused. My, my head hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, I, I know you could be the, the master and the ruler of the fucking Excedrin bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the master oh God. the ruler of Tylenol. Jeez. I got a headache and it's got TNA written all over it. There you go. Uh, Shark, we got uh, Santa Loco in the chat room. Hi to Santa. Oh, 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 Have wait you a been minute. checking out any Mexican wait a minute. It's wrestling? just not Santa Loco. It's... Arriba Santa Loco! Wow. What the fuck was that? That's Santa Loco's very expensive introduction that we have gone through great expense to produce here on Sunday Night Showdown. So he gets his own entrance music? What about all the other wonderful people that like to tune into our show? They don't get their own entrance music. They don't music. pay us anything. Santa Loco sends in a check every week to have that introduction done. Oh, come on, chaos is coming in and Dave's going to take up the airport. That's it. <laughs> You know what it Who is? Who that? Nobody. I think Kurt Angle just got his eyebrows manicured. Well, I think he's gone to the same eyebrow is. manicurist as uh, Maven. As Maven. I think that's all it is. It's just making his eyes look mm. straight Wait a minute. Back. It's not Kurt Angle. It is Maven. Look at... Wow. I don't know. What happened, happened to his eye? I, what happened to his uh, pupils? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, and Kurt Angle <laughs> finally figuring out that with Mick Foley sitting at the announced position... I don't think he can ...that he can't eyes. lose the title. Look at him. He doesn't even blink. I think he, he bought shares... He, he bought shares in Starbucks. He's look, a robot. I think somebody gave him Botox in his eyes. Wow. Seriously, look. He's not even blinking. He, he hasn't blinked in ten minutes. <laughs> I know. He's a machine. Oh, that was a nice move. And Mike Tanay caught a heel right in his receding hairline. As he runs to the table and does a flip onto Mick Foley. Wow. Foley lost his teeth. I got to well, say, you know, there now. I, I love Kurt Angle, and I got to say, since he's come to TNA, he has really stepped his game up. Like, I've never seen him that he's athletic. Where he's just something well, up. Well, and he's off the gas because he's probably 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, I noticed lighter, that. Lighter than, than his oh, WWE yeah. days. He's, he's I noticed that as soon as he came down to the ring that yeah. he looked a lot. Well, he was doing some... Uh, well, some, uh, No, but he was lifting some weights earlier in the show, yes. and uh, he looked a lot uh, healthier and skinnier and... And uh, he's, he's in, in muscular, but he just looks scrawny. Ex- ex- he, to he, he does look he skinny. Like, yeah, he does. He, and, and, and he, he, he does look, shocked me. He looks jacked up on something. I'm you sorry. Know what, you know pupils, what? Can you say scrawny? pupils dilated? And Foley needs definitely needs that uh, that uh, uh, vest that he has because he looks horrible in the singlet. Yeah, uh, he's uh, 
he's definitely got the uh, midriff, mid midlife, mid midriff, midlife crisis That's going on. That's midriff. I don't want to see. No, no, much. not at all. I can't take my eyes off of Kurt. I'm just fascinated yeah. with the fact that he cannot blink. I think you're fascinating, but. <laughs> I think she's fascinating. Uh, Sting administers the sharpshooter, pardon me, the scorpion deathlock on Kurt Angle. He's a master. Oh, no. Scorpion deathlock of doom. Somebody, Uh, Dave, will you please take Buffer to the airport? You go (laughs) Now I'll pick up chaos on the way home. That's right. If he really comes here from... Houston or Dallas or whatever, and is flying up to Calgary. I'll damn well pick him up. I, the I think he's going to fly into suicide. I don't think he wants to, other than the fact that it's kind of expensive for a cab. Oh no, Dave will pick him up. I don't live too far from the airport. Oh, as uh, Sting rebound or slingshots off the turnbuckles and uh, goes head first into the lower granular area of one Jeff Jarrett. I believe you can call that slap nuts. Slap nuts. Yes. That's right. And Oh, double socos going on with Mick Foley right now. Those are the longest socos. Those are hockey socos. They were on sale. <laughs> Look at this. It's like, whoever gets up first... The double mandible claw. But they both kick out. Jared and Sting now working in tag team. Tag team, but Foley re-administers the double mandible. That sounds like a conception uh, maneuver, but anyways. And here's Kurt Angle with the ankle lock of doom. Master. The master and ruler of the ankle lock. How do you master rule? And ankle ruler lock. of the ankle lock and he's the referee. Ref bump. <clears throat> uh, Santos has been uh, uh, giving us some information in the chat room about what's been going on in Mexican wrestling and yes. our hometown uh, favorite Jack Evans apparently kicked out of the Legion faction. And I watched AAA Lucha Libre's replay this afternoon on Dish Network Channel 273 on Galavision. Thing hit the guitar. Oh, wait, he gets hit by the guitar. And in fact, Santoloco, yes indeed, Jack Evans, no longer in the Legion, was kicked out by uh, by everybody. And he had just an awesome match today um, against one of... 13,000 masked wrestlers that there are in AAA. I don't know the dude's name, but uh, they lit it up in the main event. And Jack Evans went over, and he's probably the single most over babyface right now in the AAA promotion behind one Mark Gingrach, whose name in AAA is simply Marco. Uh, we just saw a great series of moves as Kurt Angle just delivered a frog splash of his own to Mick Foley, and it was almost a three, but not quite. But not quite. But not quite. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Buffer has left the building. Thank God. I thought he'd never leave. So what, now Teddy Hart and Jack Evans are going to start a feud or something? Yes, or it's already started. Oh, wow. Can't wait. They already, they already started it uh, two weeks ago. And uh, uh, listen, the... As much of a great tag team as they are, they're better as opponents. No question. I saw a match in Calgary about five years ago where they went outside and Jack jumped off the, the roof of, a, of, a, of the ring truck onto, onto Teddy. Right. Double ankle locks now. It's administered by Kurt Angle on both Jeff Jarrett and Sting. So what's he trying to get uh, both of them to tap out and then they both, like, what happens if you make two people tap at the same time? Do they both lose? It doesn't matter. He's not the one getting tapped out. That's it. 
Again, the lot of It yeah. does matter. Jeff Jarrett doesn't want to lose his shares. Sting doesn't want to retire. But Kurt Angle thinks he's a godfather. So, I mean, someone have a kid so he can be a godfather. Like, Well, well maybe it took me a, a month to figure this out, but everyone's going to want to, would rather pin fully to win the belt because why does Jeff Jarrett care if Kurt Angle's the, uh, the, uh, the godfather of the... He'd rather have the belt than, than take away uh, Kurt Angle's ability to be the godfather. I mean, But he wants to take Kurt Angle out so that Kurt Angle can't stop him from taking the belt from Mick Foley. That's what you got to do. you got to beat up your opponent. And Jeff Jarrett, oh, let me cut you guys off. Jeff Jarrett on the top rope. Kurt Angle, he's giving him the stroke to the chair, and he hits it. Unbelievable. Sting hits wow. Angle. But which means has not lost the title. Absolutely nothing. Which is the the worst is the least meaningful of the four stipulations. Could you please tell us was Sting Jared hits the move, but Sting jumps in and gets the pinfall. And Don West is saying that Sting now becomes the godfather of the oh God. of the main event mafia. He was originally the godfather to begin with. Right. Technically. But he does not win the title. No. Correct. Which means that it's probably Sting versus uh, Foley next month, and that might even be Jarrett versus give, Angle give, next give, month. Give us internet, Dave, if knows. you will. Give us internet, Dave, if you will. The ramifications now. Well, obviously, Kurt Angle's no longer the uh, excuse me, no longer the head of the uh, of the main, main event mafia. And Jeff which Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett doesn't change. Foley doesn't change. And uh, Sting probably takes over, but like I said, of the four stipulations, this was th- this the is least the least meaningless, meaningful scenario. It, right? it definitely was, the least meaningful, definitely. But it sets up the feud between Kurt Angle and Sting. It was Sting right. that pinned Kurt Angle. Oh. It was Sting that caused him to lose that status. It sets up the feud between the two of them, and it allows Mick Foley and Jarrett to continue along with their feud. And as as Foley kind of sneaks away. And Jared, of the course, belt. is sitting in the corner laughing for some ungodly reason, other than the fact that he's probably happy that he gets to keep his shares in TNA. Yeah, basically Sting just runs in after uh, Jeff Jarrett hits the move on Kurt Angle and pins Kurt Angle, but as we see on the replay, Mick Foley has the championship belt in his hands. Do you know the thought process behind thinking up all of those stipulations booking the match and having the outcome have the least impact impact on everybody and their four scenarios. Uh, wow, I'm just uh, overwhelmed. Once again, a pay-per-view main event. Excuse me, I was talking. I was once again overwhelmed with the overbooking of TNA. Well, you might be overwhelmed with the booking of TNA, but once again, I am underwhelmed. Overwhelmed with the overbooking. No, I am underwhelmed. Yes. Well, you think there could be more overbooking? Well, don't forget, uh, he only keeps this for another month because uh, we now have a five-way uh, at Slammiversary under the King, King of the, the Mountain. Mountain rules. Eligibility to hang the belt in the penalty box, Shark. Oh, and, and, they're, and they're setting this up right now. You know what? I Oh, it's wow. a doom there. Look at that. The LOD and Raven. Wow. You know what? I'm just going to say right now that I don't really have anything completely negative to say about this pay-per-view, but at the same time, I don't have anything completely positive to say about it either. I think with all of the 
technical difficulties that we had with Telus TV tonight, your your focus was away from the stellar mediocrity, if you will, of another TNA pay-per-view. I can say this, and feel good about saying this, because of the issues that we've had tonight yes. with Telus TV, yes. I won't be getting charged for this pay-per-view. No. Well, well, you will be getting charged. You'll just have to fight to get the refund. Oh, no, no, no. We, we will fight for the refund because... <laughs> so, in other words, we did not pay for this evening's pay-per-view, which, in fact, <clears throat> is the first time in well over a year that we, in fact, have gotten our money's worth out of a TNA pay-per-view. To that. To that. So, I'm going to give this grade, honestly, a C-. minus. C-? minus. C minus. Wow. Didn't impress me. Did 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 not they mean to put good night to you <laughs> from TNA? Good night KU from TNA. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Stand by C band for repeat. Yes. I don't which, think we're supposed to be TV that right speed. now. No, this is all uh, <laughs> yeah. TV yeah. lingo. Anyways, once again, more uh, TNA technical issues. I'm just wondering if AJ Styles is going to be a downloadable character in Gears of War Two. Well, he should be. <laughs> But, well, I, but he's not a video game character. I would like to say one thing about this evening's edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Um, we apologize vehemently to all of our good and faithful listeners um, and everybody in the chat room. Um, we hope that you had a good feeling and got to relive some of the great Owen Hart moments that we told stories about this evening on Sunday Night Showdown, and uh, it's a hugely painful topic for us here on Sunday Night Showdown to have to relive, have to go down memory lane about, but uh, I think talking about it, and you'll you'll all agree with me, I think when I say uh, having having talked about it tonight is a little bit of uh, medicine for the wound that maybe will never heal. Absolutely, and... um with TNA being being done for tonight, we do have some other things we need to run down. I do want to get to the news of the week. I want to talk. We're about actually going to do the news of the week. We're actually going to discuss you know, some WWE. And right? you know what, yeah. My, Mrs. Shark and the little no, 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 no. and the, the, the Shark no. boys. I almost said Sharkettes, and then I checked myself. But they're they're at a birthday party. So you know what, I don't have anywhere to go. Let's discuss the news of the week that was in the world of. Professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. Well, okay, let's do it. Let's do that. I'm out. And, uh, let's go ahead and start things yeah. off, of course, with the boom booms out. Yeah. An extensive post game show to come here, and then we'll lead you right into uh, Wrestling News Live at uh, the bottom of the hour as they uh, take you through what we've just seen. Only for VIP members of WrestleView.com, but uh, we'll go until uh, until they start here at uh, the bottom of the next hour. Dave, when, when are we back here again on Sunday Night Showdown at the uh, World Headquarters? Two weeks for WWE's Extreme Rules. Extreme yeah. Rules, which is shaping up to be a bang-up pay-per-view. Bang Look up. at bang-up. Well, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I said it here last week, and it's proven true. At least, what, four or five rematches? Which once again proves yeah. that Judgment Day was a complete waste because you're just leading in all, no, no, all of these stipulations. I, I don't, I don't laden, see it that uh, way. I, I rematches. See, I see Judgment Day as a as a bridge into 
extreme rules and the and the formulation and continuation of the feuds and the storyline leading up to extreme rules where they set the the stipulations of the matches between the the, the workers that are feuding. but to to pay for both shows though to huh? pay for Judgment Day just to find Did out you that pay for tweet- Judgment Day. For people in general to pay for Judgment Day. Did you pay for Judgment Day? Yes, I paid a portion. Absolutely, I did. All right, all right. Um, To find out just that the trend has been, oh, well, six of these eight matches we're going to do over again. And then for the bash, it's going to, then we're going to, three weeks later, the bash. And three weeks later, the champion. It's not anymore the Great American Bash. Not the Great American Shit Fest that I used to call it. Well, that being said, we're going to tackle some big news of the week, and we're going to start things off, of course, with the big news going into tomorrow night's Raw that was supposed to emanate from the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado, which apparently, the big news, obviously, unless you were living under a rock and didn't know about it, was that the WWE and the Denver Nuggets were double-booked at the venue um, on Monday. Now, what has happened since uh, since last week when the story broke... Um, Apparently the what's his name Chronic or Chronic not not Chronic no not Stan Kroenke well whatever he Stan Kroenke like he, he not a, Kronik, yeah okay? he, he not only he owns the Denver Nuggets he also owns the Pepsi Center well of course and that's why he and, obviously did not want to make any adjustments as to uh, to well they were offering actually Double J and of course they, the the whole double booking scenario didn't didn't transpire until the Denver Nuggets. Advanced to the Western NBA Western Conference Championship Series against the LA Lakers, and it came to light that Game Four would, in fact, be at the Pepsi Center tomorrow night. I'll tell you what. I'll bring up the speed on what's going down. We've got a clip right here okay. of Vince McMahon actually being reunited with Jonathan Coachman on <laughs> ESPN. And, and wasn't Vince just thrilled about that? Like he didn't even want to recognize the coach had ever worked for them after Coach had introduced him, my old boss. And Vince didn't want to. Yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. He's like, good to see you again, boss. Mr. McMahon. All right, well, here is Jonathan Coachman and Vince McMahon on ESPN News. WWE chairman and somebody on this set's former boss, Vince McMahon, has never been one to back down from a fight. And now he's got one. You see the Lakers and Nuggets are scheduled to play game four of the Western Conference Finals next Monday in Denver at the Pepsi Center. Only one itsy-bitsy problem. The WWE is scheduled to be there the same night for Monday Night Raw. Apparently, the date was booked last August, but the contracts weren't signed until April, which makes this even more interesting. So, with more now, we're joined by the man himself, Vince McMahon, Chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. First of all, sir, it's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. And what's the latest right now at this hour on this situation? Uh, Quite frankly, it's my view that uh, Stan Kroenke should be arrested. Uh, should be arrested for impersonating a good businessman uh, because he's not a good businessman. A good businessman uh, does it book a World Wrestling Federation live televised event on Monday night, realizing that uh, his team in all likelihood would not make the playoffs. I think that the Denver Nuggets fans had a lot more faith in terms of the team making the playoffs than the owner Stan Kronsky, so he should be arrested for uh, a pre- impersonating a good businessman. It's not just not good business, you know, when you don't support your own team. It's not good business when you throw the WWE out uh, on its ear when, in fact, there are no tentative dates, no provisions in the contract that allowed him to do that. That's not good business. And it probably won't be good business if the team and the coach has to relay and rely on the management of Stan Kronsky's uh, management. I don't like their chances of going too far in the playoffs. 
And now, uh, a few moments ago, the Nuggets did send us a statement. This is what they had to say. They said, due to the uh, scheduling situation and unpredictability of the NBA playoff schedule, uh, there has a, a conflict has arisen at the Pepsi Center on May 25th. We are working with the WWE to resolve the situation amicably. What are they doing to work with you on this? Uh, quite frankly, my suggestion is a steel cage match with uh, Stan Kroenke and, and me. Uh, I think that would be exciting, and I think there's no question that way we would settle all of this. Do you plan on being in Denver next Monday? Our trucks are rolling. Tomorrow they're rolling and they're headed to Denver. There are going to be two events, I suppose, that night at the Pepsi Center. And now, we've already known that this was booked last August. The contracts were signed in April. Who made the mistake here? Uh, there's only one individual who made the mistake, and that would be Stan Kroenke. A big-time mistake. You don't treat people like this. It's just totally unfair. Uh, certainly... Uh, it's unfair to the Denver Nuggets uh, fans as well. They waited a long, long time for their team to be in the playoffs. And um, it's unfair to not support them as he should. It's unfair to, to book our event at the same time that they might be uh, in a playoff situation. So I don't speak uh, too highly of Mr. Kroenke's management skills, but I do have something for him. And uh, I don't wish, okay. indeed, the Denver Nuggets uh, any harm, but I'd like to give this personally to Mr. Kroenke. Uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> All right, sir. Uh, f- final question here. Is it possible for you to go over his head and go to the NBA to try to resolve the situation? Uh, we have attempted that. However, the NBA, I think, put it literally back uh, in their court, meaning the Nuggets, because it's my view the Nuggets did not even present this to the NBA uh, as a booked date. They just completely overlooked it, total enough management. Um, does it speak too well for Mr. Kroenke? All right, Vince McMahon, Chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. We'll find out next Monday. Sir, you are at the Pepsi Center. Once again, great to see you. Thank you. And welcome back to the Monday Night Showdown. It's me, Vince McMahon, and I just want to say that Stan Kroenke, you're fired! No kidding. No kidding. And you know what? Um, After that ESPN News uh, clip that was on every major media outlet in North America over a couple of days. Two points that I want to make. One, I really think that even though they haven't inferred it, that a lawsuit will come to light from WWE against Cronky Sports because they weren't remunerated for anything. They had a signed contract for the date. The, the, when, when the Nuggets opponent, the Lakers, for, for the Western Conference NBA Championship Series was announced and they saw that there was a conflict, what, in fact, Cronky Sports did was offer the Pepsi Center to McMahon and WWE for the Sunday, tonight. Or, pardon me, for, for, for tonight. Exactly. And... McMahon completely dissed that and turned that aside as it's not Sunday Night Raw, it's Monday Night Raw, jackass. And that that possi- that could have led to a possibility of like four people watching the pay-per-view <laughs> from TNA. Well, and, and you know what? Uh, I, I really think that even though they said no, that a lawsuit will come to light. Uh, they have rebooked Denver for August. Yeah, um, the second week of August, so I'll tell you. Although it's a house show, yeah, and it has affected, it has affected oh. uh, some Western Canadian uh, WWE dates in Saskatoon and in BC, and in uh, and in uh, I believe Kamloops. I believe so. Yeah, 
And so, yeah, I've got some friends in Saskatoon who are right pissed off, but you know what? If I were Denver and Colorado Springs, when I go, when I know I'm going from a TV taping to a house show, yeah. those house shows better be fucking immaculate house shows, best no. ever house shows, because obviously the quality goes way, way down. You actually said something just now that made me think about something. You said that... Uh what, four people would be watching TNA if they were well, doing it, a, if a Raw, Raw if Raw went live tonight. Oh no, they would never go. They, they live. wouldn't have gone they live tonight. Well, they would have taped it tonight. Well, if they no, but if they had, shown it if they night. had, that could have been a hell of a shot at TNA. Well, but why would they take a shot at TNA? They don't need to. Well, they'd I be know. taking a shot at Stan Kroenke and the Denver Nuggets. But I, I think tomorrow Two night the price of one is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and Dave, you can let us know the 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 whole the whole gimmick will be uh, that they'll be having um, five man tag team match tomorrow night on Raw with uh, uh, the pseudo Lakers against the pseudo Denver Nuggets. Yeah, it makes perfect sense that uh, WWE, when they're being kicked out of an arena for a basketball game, would arrange a five on five match. It's going to be uh, MVP John Cena, Batista, and Jerry the King Lawler. And a mystery opponent who could... Mystery partner. Mystery partner who could be uh, any, one of a million people versus the big show, It, <clears throat> excuse me, the big show, Ted DiBiase, Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, and The Miz. Hoorah! <laughs> Just in case you forgot. Your, your new favorite wrestler, The Miz. Not my favorite wrestler, but you know what? I'm liking his mic work. Yeah, very funny. Very funny. The whole Miz... Santino Marella storyline. You're a jackass. He's fantastic. Let them let them work a program. And you know, we made reference earlier in the show tonight that Brett and Owen's feud carried on for what a couple of years, year and a half. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. Well, that's because when you've got fifty-two weeks uh, and you've got four hours a week for fifty-two weeks to fill. It's hard to, and 16 pay-per-views instead of five, like they had King of the Ring back then. Right. It's hard to fill that time. I mean, I can remember the odd WWE uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling or Superstars or whatever you want to call it. They probably just cut a promo or never even saw each other, never even were in it. So that's how a, a rivalry like that or like um, Macho versus Hulk could last a year or Hulk, Hulk versus Andre could last a year when they make an appearance once a month to promote it. Excuse me, fans. I have something to say. I just want to say, I know that this guy is going to be on the Raw team. It's not going to be Santino Morello, the greatest of all the times. Santina? No, it won't be Santina. It could be the nature of Ric Flair. Oh, but I thought Rick's not going to be wrestling anymore. Santino? That's, that's, that's a valid point, actually. We Santino? I thought Flair wasn't going to wrestle anymore. Santino's on hold. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he left the building like Michael Buffer. Well, he is the greatest of all time. You know? That's right. That's right. And, and he just called he called Fez over here a jackass. I don't know what's up with that. Fez, what's up with you? See, you said it now. You said it. What's up with that? So it's two to one. What's up with that? You it's know what? Hurricane. It's going to be the hurricane. When we were doing... It, it could be the hurricane. <laughs> It could be. I'm a Laker. Let's forget. It could be. I'm a Laker. It I'm could a be. It could be the Berserker. It could be. I doubt it, but it, it could, could be, be the Goon. Well, that'll put asses in seats. It could be. It definitely will not be the Red Rooster. Probably not. No. I want a limb. It's going to be totally funny. 
<laughs> Tony Jabroni. God, it could be Kurt Angle. Who knows? You know yeah, what we didn't happen? We didn't mention at all tonight, and we talked about it briefly before we went on the air. Yesterday was not only the anniversary of the passing of Owen Hart. It was also the anniversary of the passing of... Uh, Jill Jarrett, the wife of Jeff Jarrett. Right. Uh, you know what? This has got to be a rough time for Jeff, seriously. I mean, he lost... He lost. Con- uh, Jeff, I mean, Owen was one of his best friends. Especially at that time. Yeah, especially yeah. at that time. Yeah. And, you know, to lose your best friend and, and your wife on the same day, I mean, years apart, it's... Was it two years ago she passed away, or last it was year? Two years. Two yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's been two right. years. Wow. So you know, kudos to Jeff for going out and doing doing what he did tonight. I mean, he put on a good show. I and I enjoyed the pay per view. I really did. And uh, you know, we 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 get paid a lot of money here on Sunday Night Showdown to pick apart <laughs> and give our perspectives of what's going on on in, in the world of professional wrestling. How do you think I can afford all these trips to the airport? And all this ex- new expensive equipment. Oh, absolutely. Um, rumor has it that, that Dave, I don't know if you know this, Double J, but I have this on good authority that Internet Dave has now been, by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, that would be the the Canadian equivalent of, of the CIA, if you will, um, that Dave has been implied in a... I'll save you, sweet now! That Dave has been implied... In a in a prostitution ring, that that there are certain people out there that that now have have made it come to light that there are, are a, a franchise of of internet Dave brothels are popping up me, around Canada. You know, did let, you know let that? Me, let me bring back a, an old feature that that we used to do on Sunday Night Showdown. Okay, in the beginning, well, I call it Factor Fiction. <laughs> Okay. The question I have this sounds like a new game show hosted by Howie Mandel. Oh, you want a game show? Of course, we can do that. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Factor Fiction, where I ask the questions and you answer. Is it fact or fiction? All right. We need a music bed for that next time. Oh, I'll definitely get one of those. We need some cheesy newlywed music. Yes. The question being tonight, ladies and gentlemen, did Mickey Rourke... Did Mickey Rourke, in fact, sleep with Ashley Massaro? Fact or fiction? Asking me, do I get to? Are you, okay. Fiction. I'm sorry. It looks like it could be a fact that she's been linked to the prostitution ring that Mickey Rourke is a part of. And now that Internet Dave is also a part of that same prostitution ring. Uh-uh. That would make him um, internet. Wait, wait, on, that would on, make it, make not him internet Dave anymore, but pimpin' ain't easy, brother Dave. Well, I can assure <laughs> pimpin you, pimpin' ain't easy, I'm ninety percent sure that internet Dave never slept with Ashley Massaro. But I have it on good authority that Dave has paid for sex before. No, no, no. Uh, apparently, Santo Loco might be. I'm a sorry, t- that was Tim Stein. How can I get confused? Absolutely. Santa Loco might be at Extreme Rules. Santa, if really? You're, if you're going to be there, dude. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait a maybe, minute. Does, does, maybe, he, does maybe he have a BlackBerry? Does yeah. he have a BlackBerry? Maybe does, does he, he the guy in the mask? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got my flag. No. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you want to have him call us live from the venue? That'd be kind of cool. Uh, well, that do we have the technology? You know what? I, I don't think we really. Well, we might, but 
Skype. Skype doesn't work on this, but we'll, we'll, okay. we'll talk about that later. I want all right, to get, all right. I want to get to the shoot us an email, Santa. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's more of the game show. Now we need to move on because we don't have a lot of time to cover some topics. All right, next go time. ahead. We'll, we'll do the game show next time. We'll bring back Factor Fiction. Factor Fiction. It's Harmony's baby. Okay. And I'm gonna we need to have a music bed for that too. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll get some cheesy game show music. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, I want to want to cover some more some more news. We we all know what happened with the Denver Nuggets. Cron Key versus Vince McMahon, which I'd love to see in a steel cage, quite frankly. Um, one of the other big news topics this week was, uh, why the fuck do we do this show? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that I, was news? That was news. That's news to me. Somebody reported that. Yeah, why do we do this show? I, I just, sometimes I wonder. No, honestly, the, uh, the big news topic this week was that TNA came to terms with a former uh, women's champion from another company... Really? And speculation was running rampant as to who it could be. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe it's Tori Wilson. A lot of people thought Victoria would be the front runner. And they still have yet to really announce who it's going to be, but I think we all know it's going to be Victoria. She did meet with Dixie Carter at an MMA uh, fight not too long ago. And I'm pretty sure that they have worked out some type of contractual agreement. But yeah. I thought she was legitimately retiring, honestly. Well, in TNA, she can actually get a chance to do what she wasn't able to do in WWE. Wrestle? Wrestle, and right. then actually work on her own gimmick. And, and the whole thing okay. is blatantly obvious to Mark the Shark to Carlo that the TNA women's division needs an influx of new talent desperately. Well, I mean, when Awesome Kong is just going to dominate everybody, yeah, I mean, they've booked it pretty well with Angelina Love and My Pie Sexy, of course, in the last few weeks. But, I mean, when I, uh, to oh, me, my pie, but to me, Awesome Kong dominate dominates it too much. Wait, did, wait a minute. <laughs> She's just too. Wait a minute. Much <coughs> of a force. Did you say what I thought? Did he say what I thought he said? Well, he said my pie sexy. I thought he said that. That's and, the name and, of their group. No, the beautiful people. Yeah, my pie sexy. That's correct. But but that's it's one thing when Angelina Love says it. But when you say it, it's fucked up. <laughs> okay, apparently it's supposed to be a female luchador from AAA. I heard that too. Is it Sarah Stock? But I thought she was already there. I heard that too. Sarah Stock is no longer in AAA. Um, but she has been with TNA for a little while. Uh, well, she's been training, yes. But she hasn't been with, with uh, AAA for about a month now. So, yes... It, it it looks like it's Sarah Stock, but she will apparently be not utilizing that name in TNA. They're going to call her something else. I read it this week. I, I can't, can't confirm remember. it's not Medusa Michelli. It's definitely not Medusa. No. no. And Probably not Bull Nakano. It's not Bull Nakano. Or Bertha Faye. It's not... The late Bertha Faye. No. Or, or it's, it's, Ron not the, it's not the late Ronda Singh. No. And or it's definitely... Vargas. And, and and it's no and it's not Santino Marella. No, it's not. Although he he fit well in the knockouts division. Maybe it's Luna Vachon. She was never she the was world never the champion. champion. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well. Maybe her and Vampire Warrior can come back and terrorize everybody. There you go, Gangrel. But you know what? I was uh doing all the the Owen stuff this week and to me I it's been 10 years but to me the uh Gangrel's group, 
still had the greatest the and brood? the brood still have the greatest entrance in the history of wrestling. That was good. Oh, unbelievable. The like consistently week after week entrance. Oh, fantastic. We're going to have to do some heavy editing on this show. We've lost everybody. <laughs> no, we're we're good. Don't forget about uh, like flies. Don't forget about Wrestling News Live coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, well, that being said, uh, there's only one more thing I really want to talk about tonight, and that's being uh, I did not catch a lot of uh, programming this week. However, I did watch ECW, and I uh, I was very, very pleased. And if you did miss ECW, we got some audio for you. We're going to leave our mics on while this plays, but uh, I was very impressed with David Hart Smith and Finley and I was impressed with the fact that on an hour show they pretty much the Hart Trilogy and Finley took up more than half the show this week on ECW and it's funny how they're going with the Hart Trilogy and not the foundation I like it that's fine with me that's fantastic because the speculation was that's what they were going to be called but you know what I like it. There was only one hard foundation. Man. Last so here's TJ, Maddie, and Harry. So he had no clue. He didn't see it coming. <laughs> Last week was nothing compared to what I'm going to do to him tonight. Your dad will be so proud of you right now. Well, he should be. Especially since I'm better than he ever was. Oh. Yeah, we ain't done that right. <laughs> That they're using Brett's theme song. Music, huh? This is the start. Stryker had to sell a, a ma- uh, this match this week you saw, right? Yep. I don't know, guys. Was that a, a typical Finley European wrestling match? I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded, but to me, I mean, it was very good, but it was not a sports entertainment match. Or was it a wrestling match? Yeah. I mean, is that Harry or is that uh, Finley? Is that Finley, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say this. How many I go that guy? I think Finley was the perfect guy. To start him off for sure. Because yeah. Finley's one of those guys that, you know, whether you like his personality or his or whatever, he's a no nonsense guy that go out there and wrestle. The chemistry between him and, uh, and David Hart Smith is off the charts. And those guys tore it up. I mean, it was a very old school 80s type match where you had one guy dominate and then the other guy came over and dominated for a little while. You had the, uh, the finish where a four-up was involved and then somebody got a pin. And I thought it was a really well I really enjoyed it as well. And I think that uh, for David Hart Smith's debut on ECW programming, they couldn't have chosen a better hand-picked opponent to run a program with than Finley, for sure. Well, you know what? Um, just the whole thing about being better than his dad, yeah. I mean, that's a, a bit of a cocky attitude right there. Obviously, they're, they're feeding him the right lines. I didn't... I knew that the Hart Foundation would be heels right off the start. I, trilogy. Excuse me, the Hart Trilogy. You know what? I got. I cannot wait until uh, we get to Edmonton, August 10th, 
to, to get the reaction. Although I, I'll bet you, I'll bet you they'll come down in like flames jerseys or something to maintain that that heel uh, reaction. But it should be a, an outstanding uh, moment for all Alberta wrestling fans, and I, I can't wait until uh, until we get to see them. Maybe we'll get to talk to them. Who knows? But we're going to get to see them, and I'm looking forward to it. I just want to say this in the chat room. They're asking who the blonde is. I believe that's Lollipop. Man, you've got an outdated photo on this shit, No kidding. Thanks to Google. No kidding. Gail Kim's still on there. Christy Hemi, Rhino. Christian. Yeah, but, but Gail Kim is not. Like fucking 90% of these people aren't even in this company. Oh, LA. no, uh, LAX is still there. Uh, is, uh, Low-key. Low-key, who's now in FCW as who knows somebody else. Yeah, the one next to Tracy Brooks is Lollipop, I believe. Yes. And she was, she was pretty much a cage dancer. Nice girl. Kind of a bitch, but nice. Good lap dancer, I hear. No, Here's Petey Williams. Here's Petey Williams. Yeah. yeah. It's very outdated, but... but I'm almost time. surprised that, that Kurt Angle doesn't have hair in this picture. It's so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Ah, uh, So, um, let's just uh, run down the full pay-per-view results from TNA Sacrifice as we look ahead to uh, our next broadcast for Extreme Rules as we have three pay-per-views, gentlemen, in the month of June. Really? We only get one Sunday night off in the month of June, so... Now we're going to fucking break my ass. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Extreme Rules, then... But now, now that we've got the catering department, I'm looking forward to the month of June. Glad you guys are. I'm not looking forward to the cost it's going to incur on me. <laughs> we'll right. in. So let's run it down. Uh, Lethal Consequences and Eric Young defeated the Motor City Machine Guns and Sheikh Abdul-Bashir after Jay Lethal got the pin on Bashir. Second match... Yes. Uh, Miss Wild, first name Taylor Wild. Taylor uh, defeated Daphne in the uh, in the Hardcore Monsters Ball female match where Stevie Richards got put into some. I thought her name was Buck Wild. <laughs> where where Doctor <laughs> Stevie Buck got uh, Doctor Stevie got choke slammed into Jerry, some. Be a crazy bitch. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> into some thumbtacks. Third was uh, Suicide and Daniels. If you didn't hear, Suicide keeps the belt. Daniels got the the pin after uh, realizing after the seeing the video footage on the replay screen that the Motor City Machine Guns had uh, had interfered and attacked suicide. So, so Daniels no said, shenanigans. "Daniels said, throw out the match. I don't want to win it that way. Let's go for five more minutes. See if either one of us can get a pin. Neither one of them could. The five minutes ran out. Bullshit. So it was it was considered a draw. And suicide keeps his belt. Fourth, Angelina Love." Defeats Awesome Kong by spraying something in her eyes and uh, getting the pin to retain her championship. Samoa Joe over Kevin Nash. Beer Money wins the Team 3D Invitational Tag Team Tournament by defeating the British Invasion. The Legends Championship stays with AJ Styles after Jenna Maraska throws in the, the, the white towel to the referee as Booker T was in a submission maneuver at the time. He never quit and was very frustrated and angry after the match ended. So an I Quit match never ended with an I Quit. And, of course, in the main event, Sting pins Kurt Angle, so the only thing that changes is that Kurt Angle is no longer the uh, godfather of main event mafia. Otherwise, Foley keeps his belt and Jarrett keeps his shares. I know everybody out there in pay-per-view land that purchases pay-per-view, if you didn't purchase it, you've listened to the show all night, you're you're sitting there with your hand on your head, you're scratching, and you're thinking... <laughs> What the hell happened in that match? It was supposed to be a match for the title. Again, 
and TNA's overly booked, speculative. <laughs> I, I don't understand the creative process. I don't really know that anybody in that company understands the creative process. Hence, why we have stupid steps like the ones we had tonight. It was a very good match inside the ring. Very, was, very but, well done. But that's, yep. but that's the thing, Dave. It always gets ruined. I always say this. TNA, those guys bust their ass. Whether it's the oldest guy on the card or the youngest guy. Every one of them goes out there and gives 110%. But when it comes down to the scripted finishes and the stupid fucking storylines, it kills the show every time. Like, seriously. I... I'm not a booker, but I would love to just sit down and pick the brain of whoever's booking the show. Have the storylines. Let the matches be wrestling. There, there's so many stipulations, and they're so micro-booked that the wrestlers are trying to get everything that's booked into the match. That once again tonight, on, a, on numerous occasions, guys, I found that the action in the ring between the combatants, whether it was two, four, or six, um, was almost in spot slow motion because they were having to get in so many spots in such a short period of time. Well, you know what, AJ and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, AJ and Booker T looked really good. Suicide and Daniels looked really good. Uh, I Joe and Nash was terrible. Beer Money and British Invasion was really solid. Uh, obviously, the opener with those six guys is always going to be solid. And, of course, the two distractions being the two women's matches and the finish to the main event. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember two or three TNA's pay-per-views ago, we said it was a very solid show, top to bottom, logical, well-wrestled, well-booked, well-written. But that's one out of the last what dozen we've done, well, and, yeah, and, and was, that was three months ago. There was speculation that upon that show they were turning a corner. Yeah, and and they did, and we said they kept that. turning. Yeah, they never they, they, never they did a three hundred and sixty yeah. degree turn. I, I think that uh, that everything in the matches tonight was believable and 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 good. The work was was very good, except for the aforementioned couple of matches that were stinkers, but. Uh, um, the, the there's no doubt in anybody's mind that the wrestling is good, but the the finishes are are at least something to be desired, and the fact that once again the uh, the over stipulations or too many stipulations, um, I'd love to see a a, a pay per view put on by TNA with no gimmicks, and they're just let them wrestle and have clean finishes. Maybe that's a little uh, far-fetched, but uh, maybe you guys should try it. No, absolutely. You know, on that note, I know we didn't cover a lot of news tonight. We, uh, we mainly, this show, I think, was really built around a solid Owen Hart tribute. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, if anything, I, I want to say that that's the most positive thing that I really want to put over tonight, is that this show really had a good tribute to Owen Hart. And, and congratulations to Boom Boom. I really enjoyed her, uh, her uh, testimonial to the life and times of Owen Hart. And I, I do believe uh, we're, we're probably going to type that out and have it put up on the website. That would be neat. Showdown. So, because uh, she put a lot of time and effort and research into that. And, and a lot of people don't know a lot of what, in fact, was the story behind Owen. And that tells the story and will let people know about 
Owen's headspace and what he was up to and how he thought about things and she did a very good job and I, I look forward to seeing it up on the Sunday Night Showdown dot com uh, uh, website for everybody to read and and enjoy and give them a, a better insight into uh, into Owen Hart. Yeah, well, that being said, I think it's time we're going to wrap this up for the usual suspects for Internet Dave, for Mark the Shark to Carlo, for Boom Boom, and for myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy. I just want to say that uh, we'll see you again in a couple weeks for Extreme Rules when the WWE returns to pay-per-view. Uh, with that being said, we're going to close the night out with, uh, well, just in memory of Owen Hart. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you in a couple weeks for Extreme Rules. Here's Eminem. Yeah. My life. Long words, I guess. Have you ever loved someone so much you giving on for? Not the expression, no, literally giving on for. When they know they're your heart and you know you are their armor, and you will destroy anyone who would try to harm her. But what happens when karma swims right around to bite you? And everything you stand for turns on you to spite you. What happens when you become the main source of a pain? Daddy, look what I made. Dad's gotta go catch a plane. Daddy, where's mommy? I can't find mommy. Where is she? I don't know. Go play, Haley, baby. Your daddy's busy. Daddy's writing the song. The song ain't gonna write itself. I give you one underdog, and you gotta swing by yourself. Then turn right around in that song and tell her you love her. And put hands on her mother, who's a spitting image of her. That slim shady. Yeah, baby, Slim Shady's crazy Shady made me, but tonight Shady's rockin' my baby When huh. I'm gone, just carry on Don't mourn, rejoice every time You hear the sound of my voice Just know that I'm looking down You're smiling, and not it, you feel a thing So baby, don't feel no pain Just smile back When I'm gone, just carry on Don't mourn, rejoice every time You hear the sound of my voice Just know that I'm looking down You're smiling, and not it, you feel a thing So baby, don't feel no Pain, just smile. I having this dream. I'm pushing Haley on the swing. She keeps screaming. She don't want me to sing. You're making mommy cry. Why? Why is mommy crying? Baby, daddy ain't leaving no more. Daddy, you're lying. You always say that. You always say this is the last time. But you ain't leaving no more. Daddy, you're mine. She's piling boxes in front of the door, trying to block it. Daddy, please, daddy, don't leave. Daddy, no stop it. Goes in the pocket. Pulls out a tiny necklace. Lock it. It's got a picture, this'll keep you safe, daddy, take it with ya I look up, it's just me standing in the mirror These fucking walls must be talking, cause man, I can hear them They're saying you got one more chance to do right, and it's tonight Now go out there and show them that you love them for it's too late And just as I go to walk out of my bedroom door It turns to a stage, they're gone, and the spotlight is on And I'm singing, when I'm gone, just carry on Don't mourn, rejoice every time you hear the sound of my voice Just know that I'm looking down, you're smiling, and not it, you feel a thing. So, baby, don't feel no pain, just smile back. And when I'm gone, just carry on, don't mourn, rejoice every time you hear the sound of my voice. Just know that I'm looking down, you're smiling, and not it, you feel a thing. So, baby, don't feel no pain, just smile back. 50,000 people all jumping out their seat. The curtain closes, they're throwing roses at my feet. I take a bow, and thank you all for coming out. They're screaming so loud, I take my last look at the crowd, I glance down, I don't believe what I'm seeing, daddy it's me, help mommy, your wrists are bleeding, but baby one well, sweeten, how did you get to sweeten, I followed you daddy, you told me that you weren't leaving, you lied to me dad, and now you made mommy sad, and I bought you this coin, it says number one dad, that's all I wanted, I just want
that's what they want They want you more so they keep screaming your name It's no wonder you can't go to sleep Just take another pill Yeah, I bet you you will You rap about it Yeah, the word can keep it real I hear applause all the time I couldn't see How could it be that the curtain is closing on me? I turn around and find a gun on the ground Cock it, put it to my brain Scream God shady and pop it The sky talking, my light flashes The plane that I was supposed to be on crashes And burns to ashes That's when I wake up, alarm clock ringing There's birds singing, it's ringing Haley's outside swinging I walk right up to Kim and kiss her Tell her I miss her Haley just smiles and winks at her little sister Almost as if the When I'm gone, just carry on No more, rejoice every time You hear the sound of my voice Just know that I'm looking down on you smiling And not even feel a thing So baby, don't feel no pain Just smile back When I'm gone, just carry on No more, rejoice every time You hear the sound of my voice Just know that I'm looking down on you smiling And not even feel a thing So baby, don't feel no pain Just smile back